Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another edition of the Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen. Hey, I'm Ultra David James. It's a pleasure to be back in your house in real life, as it is every <laughs> week. Yep, and uh, you're looking a little blocky here today, but you know that's just what happens when you have to drive through these uh, these uh, you know freeways full of. Uh, you know, uh, social quarantine, social distancing kind of situations. So. Oh, let me tell you, the traffic to get here was incredible. Oh, it took so long to drive all the way down the freeway in real life in my actual real life car. <laughs> exactly. Sure. And yeah, I mean, definitely looking a little matrixy right now, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of this. It's all good. I think uh, Discord is uh, actually just kind of behaving a little funny right now. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, no problem. I'm not sure what you mean by the Discord comment, but in any case, it's happy to be here. Uh, let's talk about a few things today, right? We're going to talk about EVO Online, big news over this past week, oh, of yeah. course. We're going to talk with one of the developers from Them's Fighting Herds, uh, Main 6, uh, about their game's inclusion in EVO Online, as well as some other topics. Uh, we're going to talk about the CPT Online we are going to talk about Sonic Fox calling out the NRS scene and other interesting discussion topics in 5-5 five, five matchup. And then there's other stuff. I mean, we have some results to discuss. There actually was some news this week. Okay. All right. Well, let's just go ahead and get started with, obviously, the big news, which is, of course, uh, you know, Evo had already announced that they were going to go online for 2020. And then there came the flood of all the disconnects and rage quits and, you know... Uh, teleport jokes and everything like that but then uh this past week uh evo kind of threw out a little bit of a a, a a shocker to everybody and announced that uh they are the original lineup is getting exhibition matches but the actual event of where having open tournaments where people can play are going to be four different games out there that uh, we were unexpect we were unexpecting. Yeah, exactly. So of course the original main game lineup: Street Fighter V, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, Samurai Showdown, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Soul Calibur Six, Tekken Seven, Undernight in Birth, and Smash. Those games are just like you said, getting content and exhibitions, except. <laughs> That Smash is not. Smash yeah, is not uh, listed as being one of the games that's going to get anything. So Smash, not even in there. Yeah, it just and disappeared. It, it dis they, they said, we're going to have content for all the original games announced. And they showed the, the nine boxes, but one of the boxes got replaced by the Evo logo. Yeah, <laughs> Smash <it> mysteriously disappeared. <laughs> it did. Uh, I mean, same... Marvel 2's is not either. Uh, that was going to be an exhibition, if you recall. It was kind of a funky situation that they had going on there with uh, Marvel 2 being included. That may not be happening either, I guess, but we'll, we'll see. And then as far as the four games that will actually have open online tournament brackets, right? Four, four new ones, or at least four games that weren't at original EVO this year. Mortal Kombat 11. Killer Instinct. Skullgirls. And them's fighting nerds. Those will be the four. Yeah, and as soon as I saw that announcement, I was ecstatic. Uh, I mean, talk about sending out the right message, you know, especially as the fact that, you know, two of the guys who created 
Evo, Tom and Tony Cannon. Well, Tony Cannon, I'll, I'll give him the majority of the credit, is the guy who designed GGPO, who basically invented rollback net code, you know, so to have them really promote the games with the rollback net code as yeah. being the official tournament, I think is absolutely amazing, sends a strong message. And, you know, there is uh, some stuff that they've already been talking. I see people talking about in the chat and everything, but it's making waves. This whole concept of rollback netcode is really starting to make waves to the fact that, you know, Guilty Gear Strive is going to use rollback netcode. They're replacing yep. it. And, uh, and uh, what was it? Um, there was something else, too. But anyways... Evo Online is going to be using those, is going to be playing those four games, and I think yeah, that's absolutely games. fantastic. And just as a little bit more info, it'll take place over five weekends, July 4th through August 2nd, which is the weekend of the originally planned Evo. Uh, so what the exhibitions and content include, I don't know. There's no, as far as I know, no more info about that yet, at least publicly. And then as far as, like, how the tournaments are being run as far as i know that's not, not yet explained either mm -hmm. uh, smash gg i guess is going to be involved but but you know in terms of the rest of um which game is being run when and all that sort of stuff i don't think that information is out quite yet um but yeah i mean so so this is this is the big news now it's time to speculate and now it's time to sort of think about what the impact is of these decisions related to evo i know that when we discussed that Evo originally said that it was going to be doing stuff online for this announcement, we were hoping that they were going to have games that had good online play. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I think I said that I didn't expect that. <laughs> but I, I mean, here we are, and, and it's, it's cool. From a legal perspective, uh, I am very curious about like how the... I assume contracts are involved. Like I don't even know what they do really, but I assume that like they have a license from rights holders to do these things. And I don't know if that like are they obligated to keep doing the initial games because they had some contract before or do they just like want to keep doing that anyway? Uh what kind of arrangements led to them doing the games that they did put in, some of which they Chose not to put in in the right. you know main Evo lineup in the first place. So I just I wonder about how all that went down legally. I don't have any conclusions about right. that stuff because I don't have any info about that stuff. I'm just very curious about that. <laughs> I'm I'm you know uh, I, look I I I would imagine that Evo probably has a a pretty decent amount of clout. Maybe that you know maybe they could get away with some of this, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what do you personally think about the four games that were chosen? Like, for me, uh, you know, I'm super happy to see the games. Uh, Skullgirls yeah. Killer Instinct and Mortal Kombat 11, for me, like, if you had to pick, you know, a set of games to represent, I feel like those would be, like, some of the crucial ones. I'm absolutely thrilled that Them's Fighting Herds got included with it as well. I would have also loved to have seen something like maybe a, a retro Garu Mark of the Wolves or even a Samurai mm. Showdown 5. Uh, I also would have really thought it would have been cool if they included a Punch Planet 
which I felt mm-hmm. like uh, probably could have been added to the lineup as well. But look, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. We've got oh, – God, that wasn't even supposed to be a pun. That wasn't what? even supposed to – say it. It just – say that it wasn't supposed to be a pun. It just kind of came out that way. I can't believe you admitted it wasn't supposed to be a pun. That was the worst thing. <laughs> but uh, – anyway, oh. Is Punch no. Planet not officially out right now? I'm not sure. Oh, okay. It's still early access. Got it. Punch Planet is still early access. Got it. Um, but uh, at the same time, like I said, I, I'm just thrilled with the games that have been chosen. And uh, I'm I'm pretty excited for this. And, you know, obviously there's some talk from people like, you know, are, are like, are you mad that, you know, this was the only way Skullgirls finally made it into Evo and everything like that. And... Yeah. You know, we talked with Mike Z, and and you know, I look, I, I don't, I don't think that there's a reason to 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 feel that kind of bitterness. You know what I mean? It's I think it's good to be included, and I think it's. I mean, Mike has even said that like he went on the Skullgirls Twitch channel and he's seen more streams of his game than he's ever seen before, and he's like. I've never had the problem of which Skullgirl stream should I watch, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's it seems like it's having a big impact. So I'm excited that these games are going to be in there. I've been I've been playing Mortal Kombat, obviously, and then I've been playing a lot of Killer Instinct, as I've talked about over the last month and a half. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time relearning that game with no expectation that there would be a tournament for it or anything. I just... You know, it's a it's a game that I really love. It's a game that has great online play, and it's a game that I'm I feel like is a good one to pick up during times of quarantine like this. So I'm really happy that that's going to be in there. Uh, it's just a, it's a really great game in my opinion. Um, I'm happy for Skullgirls and them's fighting herds for the same kind of reasons. They have scenes that would love to be uh, larger. They have really strong gameplay that I think deserves to be taken uh, to to be looked at more often. Uh, I'm really excited that more people are watching. I think that's that's great for those scenes and for those uh, for those developers as well. Um, I I get it. I mean, when when people were talking about how uh, you know it is, it's kind of it's like a it's like a sort of backhanded compliment, right? That you make it into Evo in this way, where it's you know you're maybe not like important enough to get into main Evo, but oh okay, so it's. Now we can only play online. I guess. All right. Like I, I, I get why that may feel <laughs> right uh, yeah. frustrating. I, I certainly get that. And and as a, as a big Mortal Kombat fan, I mean, I I found out on this show live. I was super bummed that it was not at Evo. <laughs> I was super bummed. Right. For sure. So so yeah. I mean, keeping up with that scene, there are certainly people in there who who, you know, were already not. I already felt like Evo didn't really like their scene in their game. Mm-hmm. And then when it when MK11 did not make it into Evo this year, they sort of were like, well, that's we'll never come back. Uh, and now, I don't know what they do. I mean, I, I, I want to, I'm going to play or commentate or whatever it is that they want me to do. Um, I was planning to run, Rick and, and I were planning to run a Mortal Kombat side tournament. Right. Offline, right? So, I mean, I, I was still intending to do stuff but frankly quite a bit of the scene was not involved in that and and wasn't interested in being involved in that so i'm not sure how they're taking to this i've seen some people say that they are going to enter they're excited look they get to play more mortal Kombat. maybe they can win something that's all uh, unclear but maybe 
and you know they'll they'll play whatever they just like the game they want to show off the game yada yada they want to show off their play but i think other people still have some reservations for the ki scene it seems like it's killer instinct scene didn't expect to get into evo like right lineup whereas mk did so i think that may be like one of the biggest differences here in terms of that scene's response which has been uh very positive from what from what i've seen anyway uh and from what I've seen about the Skullgirls scene, I've seen a couple people say that they're like, you know, this kind of like, oh, we weren't good enough back in the day, but like now since the online play, I've seen some of that, but I've seen much more of, uh, look, this is a this is a big chance, big opportunity for people to see the game, big opportunity for people to to find out that they like the game, and maybe we'll get more players out of it. So that it's a it's a positive thing. I've seen more of that. I would say. Yeah. Uh, and as far as the them's fighting herds scene. Uh, I'd like to talk to Nappy about that in a little while. I think, in particular, it's a scene that I'm not as familiar with, so I, I right. would like to know what the scene is thinking about there. We'll, we'll talk to him about that in a little while. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I get, I get it. Why people would be frustrated that this is how they get in. That said, I do think it's cool that they did get in. I'm excited to watch it, and like, if I'm if I'm not commentating it, then I'll be entering Killer Instinct and Mortal Kombat. Right? <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be playing. I'll be playing at least two. I guess why not answer more? I don't know. We'll see if there's a venue fee or whatever. But I mean, uh, one of the interesting things... That I'll, just, I'll just enter. One of the interesting things is, though, that uh, Wizard actually tweeted out, if the fans are really excited and engaged by EVO Online, we could possibly add it to our future event roster. So basically, or, or add it to our event roster in the future. So yeah. here's something that's interesting is that what if they just did that every year where they had like, uh, you know, maybe not the weekend right before Evo, but like, you know, the, 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 the four weekends before that ran like four online tournaments and then there was the Sunday and maybe they could even show some highlights during Sunday, you know, of the of mm. the online tournaments or something. You know, and kind of do summaries or that. I think that would be cool. And if that's the case, you know, uh, as these games with good online netcode, you know, I think that would be kind of exciting. Although the other caveat that I kind of do want to bring up and I kind of hinted at earlier is that this quarantine evil online and everything, this could be the silver lining of the FGC having this quarantine is that the netcode has really been pushed. Twitch even put out a tweet about the rollback netcode that had right. Sejam and Maximilian in there. Not only that, but I just saw this on my timeline uh, that basically was a little headline that says, French bred battle director for Unist, for Uni, Melty Blood, and Dengenki Bunko wants rollback netcode now that he has played it. So appa okay. apparently they got a chance to play some Skullgirls. Apparently they were streaming Skullgirls. And now he's just like, you know what? This is the greatest thing ever, you know? And so uh -huh. maybe, I mean, we've already had news that the uni, one of the uni de developers was kind of looking into trying to put it in there. But now, you know, with all of this push and now the developers actually trying it. And even in Japan where everyone always says they don't need it because of their infrastructure, which isn't necessarily yeah. true. It's even right i mean i've i've played street fighter 5 there and it's not great it's still not great in japan yeah someone in the chat actually apparently posted up a clip 
of uh, him saying that he wants to use rollback netcode now or something. So uh, I, maybe I'll play that a little bit later or something on stream. But that's absolutely uh, fascinating. And and like I said, this I think is a this could be the silver lining. This could have been what we weirdly needed to finally get the shift to take place that makes everything on you know to, to have Japanese developers finally give us the rollback netcode. You know. Well, uh, look, Strive was doing it. Before COVID, I mean, you have to think that they began to, they were developing it for sure, right? Right. Already. Uh, and I I think that we talked about the Undernight developer wanting to do that before self-isolation as well, if I recall correctly. So I feel like there has been this groundswell that started last year where many of the uh, community members and community leaders were really trumpeting it in a way that like, it just kind of built up to a crescendo compared to how it had been before. Hey, David. So I do think that there had been already a movement towards that. But yeah. sure, I can definitely imagine that this situation yeah. has caused everybody to amp that up a little bit, definitely. As far as the timeline, right? Like, it's not like this can't be done before Evo for the games that didn't that didn't make it. It's right. Just, yeah, I'm going to play, I'm gonna play the clip. What, what it could be in the future, yeah, for sure. I'm sure that this helped improve uh, chances for that. I'm going to play the clip on stream just so people can see this, basically. So I don't even know if it's in Japanese, because if it's in Japanese, then it wouldn't really work. But anyways, let's just... Oh, yeah, yeah, I think... I think... I want to use... I want to use... <laughs> okay, it is in English. There you yeah, go. <laughs> pretty great. Good news. That's pretty awesome, dude. That's Definitely pretty awesome. News. So sure, I think that this could be more fuel on the fire. You know, towards making rollback netcode be the standard. Yeah. I still think that's probably a ways off in reality, but this could be you know, an extra cause for, for making that happen, for, well, for making people begin to work on that, at least. The, the nice thing about that is, is there's so many resources out there, right? So SNK has access to Code Mystics, who have now had experience ripping out one netcode and putting the other. And now Arxis is going to have that experience because clearly Strive was developed with de delay-based netcode and they're ripping it out and putting in new stuff. And so, you know, there's resources out there for all these Japanese devs to go, okay, I want to do this. What are the things that I need to be ready for? What do I have to do? Like, oh, make sure that your game could do saved states. Make sure your game could, you know, they'll have all the look, like the little bullet lists for people to um, to do stuff like that, like Graham Blue, like people in the chat are talking about Graham Blue. I mean, God, if you turned Graham Blue into delay into rollback netcode, Graham Blue could be the next biggest thing in fighting games. Honestly, like that game had the potential to be so huge, and I feel like it is getting held back a lot by the delay based netcode. Uh, in my opinion, absolutely, so. especially at this time. Absolutely. Yeah. So to, to keep talking about the games that were added in here with the open tournaments, will you consider, or do you think other people will consider, the winners of those events to be EVO winners? Or will they be EVO online winners only? Dude, you know, 
considering the fact that Skullgirls will, you can play someone on the other side of the planet and have it feel almost like exactly like you're playing offline, I would say I would include it. And in fact, also because those communities, though that's how those communities I feel like are thriving, right? So they are playing mostly online and they're not getting as much offline play. So that's kind of the environment that they learn to play. This is very reminiscent, in my opinion, of the time when we went from arcade to console. And remember mm. when we made that switch, everyone was like, you're not going to be a legit winner because you this is not the arcade version blah 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 like uh if it was like tekken and guilty gear no i wouldn't count it at all right but considering that the fact that these games have the actual online code to make it uh proper and this is now the environment that we learn in we went from arcade to console where everyone started playing on console and while everyone wanted to say console wasn't going to be legit it became the norm and this is yeah. very kind of a similar situation. Online is the norm now. And if we have uh, games that have good netcode, this is how people are playing it. And so this is absolutely the legit way to play the game. And so if you can win Skullgirls or Them's Fighting Herds online for EVO, absolutely. I, I don't see why you wouldn't count them. I actually feel like these might be more legit than some of the offline evo results in the past like when evo had to go one out of one that time because there wasn't time <laughs> right because of time constraints like i mean this is this is for these particular games they're good online play this actually may be more legit in terms of the ultimate results than that was yeah I mean, obviously there were issues in the past, <laughs> uh, but you know. Uh, when did this happen? Um, I don't remember the year at this point. I mean, early 2000s. It happened twice. It happened to Third Strike yeah. and it happened to MVC2. Yeah. It happened to MVC2 at UCLA because UCLA had to close and it was not Vegas and we weren't allowed to be there until 3 a.m. and we were running on tournament standard time. And then it happened once in Vegas, actually, I believe. Or was it? Cal Poly, I can't remember. I think it was I Vegas for it. Third Strike. Yeah. It was Vegas for Third Strike, and uh, yeah, and uh, Vegas. yeah. I mean, look, the MVC two one really didn't matter that much because Justin won, and so it's like, oh, you can't really say that that wasn't legitimate. <laughs> yeah, know? he was gonna win anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, definitely yeah. the that one uh, Third Strike tournament, yeah, which was offline. We had time constraints, and we had to switch it to best of one. <laughs> Yeah, when uh, Mike Wakefield got in top eight, nobody. Come on, I wasn't gonna bring up his name. Come on, man! (laughs) Everyone gives him such a hard time, dude. (laughs) I think it's hilarious. It was Uh, Makoto, man. Makoto was gonna do that to you in a best of one tournament. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so yeah, I think that I would consider these games legit. Yes, and I I agree with you. If instead it had been games that just have like weak delay based netcode. Yeah, probably not. Mm-hmm. Probably, I, I think there might have to be some kind of like an asterisk, or just just call them Evo Online champs, right? That's, that's yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you would do. Yeah, you just you just wouldn't call them Evo winners, but I think that you could call people who win these games mm-hmm. Evo winner. Yeah, I've you played know, against people in three of these games. Actually, I guess I don't even know where the people who I played uh, in them's fighting herds were today, but I know that when I played, uh, I have played Skullgirls and Killer Instinct and Mortal Kombat against people on different continents. 
before, and it's right. been fine. And and another thing too that that it's interesting, which is actually where I thought you were going to go when you were talking about how you felt like some of these champions might be more legit. Um, this also removes a little bit of the restriction of can I travel, right? Okay. And so if you have players who are just like, God, you know, I'm so good at this game, I just can't make it to Evo. Well, this might be a, their way to actually try to show their skills at this point in time. And, you know, you, you know, one of the things that you've talked about forever is, you know, just uh, depth of field, right? Yeah. The number of people out there. And by having it online, especially with games with good rollback netcode that mask, you know, even bad connections and stuff like that, um, that depth of field increases massively. And so if you're anybody who knows anything about the FGC and you just can't travel to events and play, but you have a decent internet connection in your home, well, here's your chance, you know? And I think that actually kind of creates a, uh, you know, it, it allows a lot of those people out there who might be hidden gems, you know, to come out and actually do some work, so. How many people, over under 3,000 entrants for Mortal Kombat? Ooh, it depends. Assuming that there's not, if there's there's a big venue fee or whatever, I don't know how they're doing that stuff yet. But assuming it's free to enter, uh, I mean, you kind of have to be free to enter. I don't even know how they're gonna do prizes and stuff because of that no, that state restriction thing, you know. So uh, let's just assume that it's like all other online tournaments, free to enter, no real prizes or anything like that. Um. Yeah, Keep I would mind, say the, the Coliseum has been getting like 500 people. Right, exactly. So I, I was about to say uh, over 3,000. I would say over 3,000. Well, it's going to be cool to see in any case. As far as the games that are only doing exhibitions and only doing content, uh, whatever that means, mm -hmm. do you think there's any negative impact on these games now because they're not you know, open tournaments? Eh, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so because, I mean, let's put it this way. So all of our events have been canceled already. We're all kind of in this mindset already that, you know, we're not getting to see a lot of the things. The one game that I feel like is getting the hurt, is getting hurt the most is Grand Blue Fantasy Versus because it just came out this year. It had the potential to do some real damage in the tournament scene. And uh, it's just getting kind of uh, the short end of the stick. Games like Tekken 7, Street Fighter 5, even Soul Calibur, you know, uh, all these games, Smash... None of these games are really going to be super affected by it. And this is kind of you know, part of the argument that I always said is that, you know, if your scene needs Evo to thrive, then you need to work on strengthening the core of your scene, right? So I feel like, you know, Smash Brothers, Street Fighter, Tekken, all these games are going to be fine out there. Now, having said that, do I think that some of these games like Them's Fighting Herds and Skullgirls and Killer Instinct are enjoying the, the Evo push? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it might actually give the opportunity for people to see the light on rollback netcode. Because can you believe that there are actually people out there who don't believe in rollback netcode that actually think rollback netcode is worse. There are actually Whatever. flat earthers out there who believe that rollback netcode is not good. Talk about rollback. My eyes are going way back into the back of my head. <laughs> oh, <that one>. God. <laughs> Too um, stupid to even really talk about. 
Uh, as far as the future goes, as you said, Wiz has said that there's going to be, or that they could do more of this in the future. Uh, I hope that that doesn't mean that the games that are in EVO Online now, because they have great online netcode, like, wouldn't be in regular EVO, offline EVO. Right. Um, I mean, I feel like there's a reading of that tweet where it seems like maybe that's what he means, but I hope that's not the case. Right, because... Instead, I, I hope, like, if there's a really good showing for any of these games, I hope that they have a good argument for getting into, like, main lineup next year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing about it is a lot of people, you know, are, are kind of, like, down on... Like, they always think, oh, you gotta pay your way into EVO and everything. But EVO has had a history of doing things like that, of, you know, good showings. Guilty Gear, like I said, was dropped one year and then had a good offline tournament, came back the next year. You know, Melty Blood was at EVO one year, you know. Yeah. Unist had uh, done a lot of things, and now Unist is in the... Is in the uh, was, was one of the main events this year and last Last year as well so they have a history of rewarding uh, scenes that do this but the question is if they do an evil online do you want it to be a separate event or like i said do you want it to have it to be like a pre-evo like a hype building kind of thing you know what would I think you i would rather it be its own thing myself so like sometime in like October or November or something like that. Or... Yeah, that might make sense if they're going to continue to do Evo Japan in beginning of the year, yeah. Evo Vegas or Evo World, whatever, in the summer. Yeah, maybe then fall is a reasonable time. I don't know. Okay. Oh yeah. In any case, I just I hope that there are, there are good opportunities to showcase these games as main games that should be taken seriously, rather than just like, well, we need games that have good yeah. online play. Absolutely. I, 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 want, Absolutely. I want there to be. But at, right. the, at the same time, if they do decide to do it like as a pre-hype building kind of session to Evo, uh, I think that if there are these games that are being played there, we as a community, because their online is so good, should do our due diligence to put the same respect on those events and to really you know, give it the proper prestige because... Being a game that is worthy of being on an EVO online because your netcode is so good should be something that is lauded and talked about in a positive light as opposed to, haha, you're not at the official thing, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there is its own right to be something that's super uh, praiseworthy of being selected in that category. And by the way, just before we, we move on here, I do think that there is some impact on developers who don't have rollback netcode, as we've been talking about, right? Clearly some at least are picking it up or are interested in picking it up. Uh, one that I don't expect that to happen for is Nintendo. Uh, I don't expect Smash. Why are you doing this to the <laughs> Why are you doing sorry, this everybody. to the Smash fans, dude? Why you got to break uh, no. the Well, I, w I would love it if they got good netcode, obviously. <laughs> I know. But we were all it's thinking it. not happening. We were all thinking it, David. You didn't have to say it out loud and, and you know, make it sound so much more truthful and official. <laughs> You're hurting people out there. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. But, you know, where, whereas there may be a hit to prestige or to uh, sales for some games if they don't show up in big tournaments. Like, that may have some impact on some games. It's not going to be an appreciable impact on Smash. Yeah, it's just the there. We're talking about like an order of magnitude of sales, where it's just like whatever, right? So, 
anyway, sucks for that. Uh, you, anything else to say about Evo itself? Uh, n- even if I do, let's let's. I'll save it for later because I don't want poor Nappy waiting forever for us <laughs> over here. Uh, shall we bring him on then? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's get him on here. Uh, where is my thing? Here it is, and boom! Hello, Nappy of Main Six. How are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm doing quite all right. It's nice to be here. Awesome, awesome. And in case people don't know, uh, what is your role on the Main Six team, uh, Nappy? Uh, I'm the combat designer and animation director. Basically, all the stuff you see in the game and all the mechanics involved, that's, that's all me. It's my fault. Dang. <laughs> all right, well... First of all, first of all, I'm just going to say this, that since you said you're animation director, I want to say, and uh, I just think that Them's Fighting Herds is probably one of the prettiest fighting games that I've seen, you know, animation-wise. You know, I, people were telling me about, like, how, you know, I, I think it was, like, Palm's eyes, you know, to keep darting around and everything like that. Yeah, and it's, like, based on a randomizer, yeah. you know. And, uh, <laughs> That's great. But not only that, but I just also want to say that Them's fighting herds as a fighting game, the way the characters pop from the background and the way that their animations are very perceivable by, you know, just your eyes and everything that you can see what they're doing, I think is really top notch. I think it's probably one of the best that I've seen in, you know, 2D animated fighting games. And I just wanted to say that. That's all. No point just saying that. thanks, dude. I just wanted to compliment on that, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, all of those little points have always been uh, really important to us. Uh, clarity of the viewer is super important, but also as the player, you got to know what you just got hit by and how far apart characters are and all their attacks and all that stuff. Yeah. Super important. Yeah, yeah. I got I, so I played it against people online for the first time today. I, I had a lot of fun. I'm playing Velvet because she's the annoying zoner, and the game even says that That's she's a good the choice. Jerk. So I, yeah. I'm playing the character as the jerk, which is pretty cool. Uh, that's definitely me. And I played against, turns out, one of the best uh, Tianhuo players in the world, I guess. Somebody who <laughs> people think could make Evo. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that dude's lurking around all of our lobbies, just uh, waiting to strike. It was a lot of fun. And and what just what made me think about it was James mentioned the animations and how I went from starting never having played against that character or gone into training mode with it at all. And I felt like right away, like, I knew what was happening. I was getting killed. Like, the mix-ups, the space... Yeah, you did. But, like, I could see what was happening in a way that I think, you know, typically does take me longer in other games, now that I think about it. Yeah. Nice work. Anyway, I had a lot of... Many thanks, many thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm here to butter you up. Uh, Instead, we'd like to talk about EVO Online and how the game and scene is sort of reacting to it. But before we get to that, I think it'd be nice if you told us about your story of getting involved with the game and how it all sort of came to be. Man, uh, this game's gone through many forms over the (laughs) past... Oh, God. It's like 10 years now. Uh, It started out as just a a simple fan project for My Little Pony. Right. Uh, A lot of you know the story, but like those of you joining us now, this was just a simple fan game. we loved the show. A lot of people do just artwork. Some people did music. There were some other like game developers like making like kart races and fun little things like that. Uh, we wanted to bring people into the fighting game kind of community because that's the genre we love. 
Um, I was one of the first members on the team. I was I, I originally joined just to be an animator, but I had a ton of ideas that I I just kept pushing and kept pushing. Eventually, I got my hands on the tools myself, learned it, um, put together a couple simple tests for our characters in Fighter Maker, and we kind of <laughs> hopped off from there. Uh, our original video was just one character with one move that just <laughs> wall bounced over and over again. <laughs> we put it up, we thought it was pretty silly. We woke up, it had like 500,000 or something views, something crazy like that, and we're like... I think this is. I think this might be a thing. We should probably take this way more seriously than uh, we were going to. Uh, though, in all honesty, I was. I was always super serious. Like, if, if I'm if I'm gonna hop into anything involving fighting games, I I want it to be as good as possible, no matter what kind of cutesy package is involved. No. Uh, yeah. Oh no! I was just about to say, uh, kind of. Jumping ahead a little bit, uh, if you don't mind, uh, this game really kind of does. I mean, you were talking about like the history. It has a lot of kind of like blessed history, right? Because obviously, blessed and cursed for sure. Yeah, because <laughs> I know that, for example, you know, Hasbro eventually did do the cease and desist, which you know yeah, everybody yep. was probably expecting kind of to happen, but then. I mean, t talk to me what it was like being able to work, you know, tell me the story about Lauren Faust, her involvement, and how you guys felt about having her getting involved. Yeah, so when the, the Hammer of Dawn came down from, from Hasbro, uh, of course, everyone was just kind of, you know, we were fully defeated, that there's not much you can really do in that kind of situation. It happens to van games all the time. You get a little too big, you go too far, you're too visible, you get blown up, you move on to another project. Like, as we were climbing out of the the debris, <laughs> Lauren Faust, the creator of the TV show that we were making a fan game of, gave us an offer on Twitter. It, I still can't believe it actually happened, but she was 100% serious. Uh, she was following the project. A bunch of the animators on the show were following the project. They were thinking that some of the other animators on the show were working on the game with us. Like it was crazy. Dang. But she offered she offered her help and we of course accepted it. We we wanted to see how far this kind of thing would go. And she made us a whole new universe, new characters, all kinds of cool stuff and we kept going. We just kept going. No matter what obstacles came up, we just kept going. So, so how much of the characters' personalities, and, and you know, because obviously the characters have very distinct personalities. It's fantastic. I mean, Paprika makes me laugh yeah. just like, like every time I'm messing with that. How much of that was Lauren Faust? Uh, it, oh, a lot of it was Lauren Faust. She, she has a ton of experience. She made a bunch of shows that we liked growing up or mm -hmm. at least worked on them. So she knew how to kind of make these characters very distinct, uh, not, not not just from each other, but also from the characters on the show that inspired us in the first place. You, they still kind of fit similar archetypes, but it was important that we make it a point to start a new universe with mm -hmm. new characters and make them characters that a new kind of crowd could enjoy as well. Awesome, awesome. Um, 
Now, this is probably a question that you may not be able to answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> um, uh, sure thing. Are you? Uh, are there plans for new characters? And if there are, is she still involved with designing some of these new characters? Uh, yeah, we oh we had a whole roster planned out for the previous game, so I have a bunch of uh, fighting game just mechanics cool. set aside, ready to go. Uh, during our crowdfund, uh, we hit a stretch goal that uh, that funded one extra character and their story mode. Okay. And that character is a goat. Okay. <laughs> uh, the only yeah the only information that's available on her is that she can uh, like climb walls and stuff like that because goats goats have ridiculous what? balance. That's great. <laughs> so we can kind of play around with that idea and kind of have fun with it. Sick. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of a. Uh, of grapplers, so like there are types of characters that I want to get to eventually. Okay. Uh, I I actively want to keep making more characters. Okay. It, all cool. of it depends on how far we go past this point. But for now, we have at least the goat coming, and <laughs> we'll see how people will like it from there. The goat. That's great. Yeah, the goat. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So. Well, Did you uh, find out? I don't know if you can. Well, say well, that. actually, Did... one more, one more question, David. One more question yeah. about the history. Okay. So I was talking about, okay. you know, the dichotomy between being blessed and cursed. The other thing I felt like that was a big deal for you guys was the uh, the the extended goal on Skullgirls that if they got to a certain funding level, that they would let you guys use their fighting game engine. And, uh, you know, that I felt like was also a big boon uh, for your team. Can you Massive. Talk, can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, knowing what it took to make a fighting game, even though we were just a little fan game, we, we started from scratch. We, we went through all kinds of iterations and problems through, throughout development. Uh, during the Skullgirls crowdfunding, we saw people were giving them a little bit of issue with their pricing because they didn't understand how much <laughs> work it takes to animate hand-drawn frame-by-frame high-definition characters mm -hmm. so like we we were at pretty active in those comment threads and we just kind of almost jokingly <laughs> asked if we could use the engine at some point and Mike was like you know what we if we can hit this goal in our crowdfund, you guys can totally use the engine. And so we were added to their crowdfunding. Oh. And we combined our powers of the fans of our games and pushed it way past that goal. And because of that, we have probably one of the best uh, fighting game engines uh, you can get for like 2D, uh, 2D style fighter. It's pretty cool. I mean, look, we awesome. had Mike Z on here, and he just basically said he's doing this so everybody can play and, you know, make the games that they want to make. And so, yeah. again, shout-outs to that guy for, yeah. I mean, he's he he really is kind of doing this for the greater good, you know, and it's, Absolutely. it's, it's very impressive. It's very impressive. All right, man. Anything else to say about uh, history? Oh, 
Well, that, I mean, do you have yeah. any more questions? Oh, about oh, history? oh, yeah. I mean, mostly I just kind of wanted to talk about those two points because I wanted to make sure that people who are in watching this were aware of those kind of stories, mm -hmm. and you know, because there have been so many cool facets about that. So, if there's anything else, Nappy, that you have that, like, in particular, you want to say, you know, maybe give an example of one of the cursed things, or just talk about one of the other blessed things, you know. Uh, it's up to you what you feel like is a significant part of the history. We'll we'll give you one more significant thing, and then we'll talk about the evil online stuff. <laughs> yeah, sure thing. I mean, I can. I think I'll just give the the general encouraging uh, words of no matter what happens, uh, you're going to run into some tough times during development of any project you're really passionate of, but sticking it out and recognizing that uh, opportunities will arise one way or another, no matter how ridiculous the, the situation, it t take on those opportunities, find alternate routes. Like it's, you can reach really, really cool places that way. Okay. And cool, that's man. about all I really have to say on that. <laughs> well, I guess one of those cool places is Evo 2020. Uh, yep. Did you guys find out on the trailer, or did you know about that in advance? Uh, they they had approached us a little bit beforehand. Uh, we don't we don't know much beyond that. Like, okay. all all we knew was that we were being approached, and that the moment we were approached, the first thing that I uh, that I asked anyone, I I wasn't speaking to them personally, but when the news reached the rest of the team, the first thing I asked was, did Skullgirls get in? Because <laughs> I know how much trouble they've, you know, been having getting in. Right. And I, I, it was super important that <laughs> that that kind of storyline wrapped up, you know? Yeah. That's cool. Well, that's it, a, that's... Just, it would not have felt good getting in before SG, despite all that happened before. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Good man, good man. <laughs> well, how do you feel about the game being at Evo Online, I, I'm still uh, catching up. There, it's a whole flood of emotions. It, I long since, well, pretty much since the beginning, figured that there was no chance of something like this happening. Uh, not in like of a bad, negative kind of way. Just kind of accepting that this is just a sort of niche project in the niche genre, and I was perfectly content with a you know a smaller player base. Maybe a couple people will check us out if they want to. Hopefully, they like it. Like that's about as as much as I expected. Mm -hmm. And then when this whole thing happened, it's now we are much further than I ever thought we would be, and I I'm super excited to to see so many positive uh, comments coming in. Uh, this is not this is nowhere near what I expected. Uh, just as, Whoa, a, that, that's, as, yeah. as a little side interruption, sorry, uh, kind of continuing on the history thing, uh, hold back to block, uh, Esteban Martinez uh, made a documentary about your history as well. Uh, it was linked in the chat here. I've yes, put it, yes, yes, really put good. It down here at the bottom right now, obviously you'd have to type that in manually. Hope, uh, we'll try to make sure we add it to the description below and uh, that way you guys yeah, can just I'll click put it on, on the it. YouTube directly so there you go uh anyways. yeah definitely check it out yeah. thanks again best one that was it was a fun interview 
<laughs> so <laughs> make sure everything's nice and casual. What do you think the impact will be on the game or on the community of it being in Evo Online? Oh, so far it's been great. Uh, as I said, the the response has been wildly positive. Uh, a lot of people are excited to hop in. A lot of our longtime players are excited to see all the new people come in. Uh, a lot of them are having fun beating them in, like on <laughs> on their streams. Uh, yeah, you guys have fun with that. Been uh, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got a, a small taste of that. Yeah, it's it, cool. It's it's all been good. Like this community, and I'm sure every developer eventually says something like this, but this community for for our game is honestly one of the most supportive I've I've ever seen. Like it's it's super cool. Uh you guys were discussing some things earlier. I'm sure you'll get to it, but uh our community has been running a bunch of tournaments uh, every week ever since we hit early access uh, two years ago. There are groups for any player level, beginner, intermediate, oh, just cool. top of the line, and we run tournaments for that stuff. Or they run tournaments for that stuff every week. And if there's any hesitation to getting into fighting games, there's some kind of uh, group you can find within this game that will accommodate you. Like They even run uh, streams... Uh, that teach players the basics and all that stuff. Oh, nice. So there's, 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 there are tools, there are community members, there are groups, everything that you could want to kind of ease into the genre. Not necessarily just our game, but the whole genre. Okay. okay. And and so do you, do you feel that uh, Evo Online will end up increasing the size of the player base? I mean, what what kind of what, what hopes or expectations do you have when it comes to that? Uh, in the past couple days, we've almost, I think we've almost doubled the size of our main Discord channel. And our pl our concurrent players have, I think, blown past launch. Like, it, it's, wow. everything is way larger than anyone was ready for. But <laughs> thankfully, it seems to be uh, running relatively stable. People are having fun. Uh, a couple issues here and there, but we've been we've been able to keep up, thankfully. Right. So that that's actually an interesting point that a lot of people probably aren't thinking about. You know, this kind of explosion is also probably you know giving you guys weird QA testing on, <laughs> on like matchmaking, oh, sure. lobby like, sizes. <laughs> yeah, there's some bugs we noticed even on uh, even on David's stream. That he yeah. hadn't seen in a very long time, and he ran into them one after another. Yeah, uh, was, it the, was it the Arizona thing? Was it the uh, yeah Arizona thing? There were a couple smaller ones that are not really noticeable unless you've been playing for a while. But okay. we saw them, and we were, I mean, we weren't freak out for real, but we were like, oh, really? We haven't seen <laughs> that one in two years. It was like, yeah, it, it, it's been it's been a blow up in every sense of the world, uh, the word. But it's it's been fun. Yeah, but before we went live, you mentioned that this has kind of like upped the schedule for you in some ways, development-wise. What's going on oh, with that? For sure. Yeah, so we had a plan that we outlined, and we actually put a bunch of it public. Uh, right after we hit 1.0, we had a list of things we were going to do, including uh, improving aspects of the lobby and uh, spectating and stuff like that. Uh, we had other stuff we were doing for other parts of the game. When the EVO announcement went up, 
everything now has to go towards the online uh, infrastructure, mm-hmm. including lobbies and spectating, because in whichever way they're going to be running this tournament, we, we don't have any of the specifics on that yet, but the way that they're running the tournament, it, we have to make sure it's as smooth as possible. The GTPO netcode is good and all once you get into the fight, but getting from yeah. the main menu to the fight has to be as smooth as possible. Right. Like, you don't want to get into a lobby and then explode or end up somewhere else in the game. Or you don't want to blow up the servers too much and have everyone's position be wrong and all that kind of mm-hmm. weird stuff. You want to make sure things are stable leading up to the fight so that people can actually experience all of the GGPO goodness that we've been trying to push for years. So and that that's that's what's been pushed forward. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, um oh gosh, I had a question and it left my head. Never mind. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I was I was wondering whether you have plans to make the same kind of netcode changes no, that Mike Z has been doing in Skullgirls? Oh, we are absolutely exploring that for for sure. Like the any improvements to GGPO is super welcome. Uh, even though we've like made a bunch of changes to the engine by now, there's still a lot that you know, conceptually that we can kind of look into and kind of share data that way. Mm-hmm. We have our eyes wide open on that issue. Like this, if there's some way to make the best netcode even better, we absolutely want that because having better netcode just means you can play more people from further away. Even some of the matches you had earlier that might have felt a little bit muddy would feel zero muddy with his fix. And that's more than worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, with I, I'm, I'm sure the, the sales for the game have hit a spike as well. Um, are you guys thinking, I mean, obviously, again, these are questions that you don't have to answer, but are you guys planning on expanding the team maybe to kind of handle some of the, the growth that you guys are experiencing right now? Uh, that kind of thing is always, we're always open to that. It Everything, just like characters, uh, the ports, all that stuff, it depends on how mm-hmm. exactly those numbers fall. Okay. We, we want to do it. It depends. Okay. All right. Awesome. awesome. Uh, okay, so you know, you maybe briefly addressed this, but I'm just wondering, as sort of a general feeling, how do you feel about the integrity, the importance of online tournaments, and especially when it comes to Evo Online, how do you feel about how that will play out in terms of you know integrity of of being the champion of this game at Evo? Uh, I'm unsure of exactly the methods they're going to be using for something of this scale, but uh, I, I think for the most part, things should be fine. Uh, the, I'm, I'm confident that this this kind of thing can can work out with... I don't know. It, it's, it's not really a sort of a thing I put very much thought into on mm-hmm. the integrity, like it, whether or not it's it's legit or whether or not it it can work. I, I just I'm just focused on is the game working, is it is it functioning well? As long as it's functioning well, all of the, the top end stuff and how players perceive the, the, the winners of the tournament, all that will kinda of fall where they do. I I'm just more focused on is it is it a fun experience? Do people like watching it? I think that makes sense, yeah. 
yeah. and then a couple of people have asked this in the chat. Any idea how Lauren Faust feels about it being at Evo? Uh, well, this is definitely uh, outside of the, the realms that she travels, but yeah, she's yeah. super excited every time uh, she sees anything about the the game kind of getting attention. Uh, <laughs> people make it very clear to to go up to her and, and thank her at every uh, step of the way through Twitter and various other means. It's it's a lot of like this is all thanks to her for sure. Like and she she's very uh very excited for the the progress that we've been able to make so far. Dude, when I started learning the game today and I figured out the things that Velvet could do, I was like, how could this be this is this feels like it's gonna be pretty busted. Like it's like, too much. <laughs> yeah, like how yeah. like I don't know. And then I played against uh, not not even the, the husky, the the town hall player, but also the the other guy that I played against uh, who played Oleander. Um, it just it like made sense. Right. Dude, <laughs> like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. When I was messing with Velvet and I was like, okay, I can launch a, 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 a like a an, like an ice attack from across the screen, and if it hits him out of the air, it's a hot, it's a knockdown, so I get free. Yeah, How all is the way to the ground. You know, and then, yeah. yeah, you just figure out that every character. And that's one of the interesting things about this game, you know, because, you know, it kind of falls in line. We had Keats on a while ago talking about Killer Instinct. And, you know, it, a lot of people have talked about making fighting games like don't nerf, you know, buff, buff, only buff. And uh, I, I feel like that's kind of the mindset that you guys had with this because obviously characters have been nerfed i've i've talked to some of the guys sure. there are histories of things being a little too busted but it sounds like the goal is to keep everybody still so free-flowing that 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 the players themselves yeah. have a lot of command and can do all sorts of really evil things right yeah that's where we start like whenever i make a character i start out at the very very top and then go a little bit above that in like little ways and throw it to the wolves. Just see how <laughs> how disgusting people can can get with this character. And the moment it stops being fun for the other player, I kind of take notes on okay. what parts of that were really cool to see and what parts of that were really annoying to see kind of loop over and over and right. over again. Okay. And adjust that way. So I start top down. And I, 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 so far it seems to have made for some... Really hilarious moments and, and fun characters. <laughs> I definitely agree with that. I mean, I, I, I you know, uh, oftentimes when we talk about just like character balance, and one of the things that I've always said about fighting games is, as a developer, if you know what your character is capable of when you've put them out, then you've probably made a bad fighting game. So you know, a lot of times <laughs> it's probably pretty exciting and sometimes mortifying to see what your character oh yeah there have been some pleasant surprises for sure yeah <laughs> that's cool. awesome um all right well anything else to talk about you got anything to plug hey just hey give our game a shot you might be surprised at what you find yeah. it has it has a really cutesy package but there's a real fighting game in there yeah. and now we have quite a few testimonials so, By the way, I, I really enjoyed not just the gameplay itself, but I did the salt mine thing, which was... Uh, I didn't even know what it was until I started doing it. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. And I see, like, there's, like, a real story aspect of it, which is cool. The writing, even just in the tutorial, was really yeah. good. Like, just in the tutorial itself. So yeah, I, it, I've, just, I've been impressed yeah. by a lot of it so far. Yeah, one, one thing I want to add is, you know, again, you know... 
since we're coming to the end of this and you know i i can't it's not me trying to butter you up at this point but you know like <laughs> i really love presentation has is one of the most important aspects of fighting games in my opinion and like i said the graphics pop and everything like that but the decision of what you guys did with the music the dynamic music that mm. the background stage will change to the character who's like winning is gonna make such a big difference for viewers uh, the little tutorials, like I saw, I haven't had a chance to mess with it yet, but, you know, I know you had like the short hop tutorial with Arizona, you know, you guys are yeah, doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys are doing the story mode, you've guys got the practice combos in the training mode, your training mode is super robust and everything like that. Yeah. You guys are doing a lot of what I think is really important for fighting games, for bringing people in, and... I know there are some people out there who might not be fans of the aesthetic, you know, going into the game. But my message to those people out there is, you know, look past that. There's a really creative game here and the character designs are fantastic. And I don't know, as I was messing with it, I don't know if you were watching the stream. I know a lot of your dev team was watching the stream uh, when I was messing with the game a little bit. I mean, I was just laughing you know, at, at all these things that I kept finding. And, you know, it's just, it allowed me to exercise a lot of the goofy, you know, combo butt itches that I can do, you know, yeah, like yeah, land yeah, this yeah. move seven times in a combo you know? <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. And it's, it's, it's a really impressive product. You know, every step of the way that I've been keeping track of this, I've been impressed more and more by the things that you guys have done. So... Man, man, many, many thanks. I don't know what to say to that. That's, <laughs> it's everything I could have hoped for. Like Making a fighting game, uh, I always focused on there being a game there, like a whole package, rather than just a blank screen with like a, a versus button on it, right. and then stopping there. I, I always kind of wanted to have a game uh, that had a bit of everything, and I'm glad that you guys have found it so uh, fun and humorous like just making people smile yeah. is, is great feeling that said i'm actually not sure james what, what did you mean by dynamic music when i was playing against this tianho player there was only one song playing the entire time <laughs> so the thing about that uh there was oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> One last question that I have for you, Nappy. Uh, honestly, uh, if you could go back in time and talk to yourself 10 years ago when you first started on this and, you know, like how shocked would, you know, 10 years ago Nappy be at where Them's Fighting Herds is when you were just working on a wall bounce video that got 500,000 views? <laughs> uh, I don't even know. Man, I, I would of course call myself crazy, but <laughs> then I would look back at the game I started working on in the first place, and I'd be like, oh, you know what? That makes sense, yeah. Nice. Crazy things do happen sometimes. <laughs> cool. Awesome. awesome. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot again for coming on. Appreciate it. It's been nice to talk yeah. with you. Many thanks for having me. Totally. Yeah, all right. Well. And again, just, I, just as a summary, you know, everyone give the game a chance, you know, uh, try it out. Fifteen dollars on Steam right now. 
if I'm correct. Yep, fifteen dollars on Steam. Uh, we regularly go on sale on uh, Humble Store. All all kinds of fun stuff. Just okay. check it out. Yeah, cool. absolutely. All right, man. Thanks a lot again. All right. Have a good night. All, all right, right, cool. Well, that was a really nice talk. Uh, Shout-outs again to Main6 and to, I guess, Inside Evo. Shout-outs to Evo for that as well. Yeah. Uh, good look for the community, for the game. Something to definitely watch for. And, you know, if, like me, you like watching all of the games at Evo, I, I just... The the biggest reason why I wanted to, to give it a bigger try was I want to understand what I'm seeing when I watch, right? Like, I want to know what it is that I'm going to see when I watch the game at EVO Online. Uh, and lo and behold, I really enjoyed it, right? It wasn't just that I ended up learning a little bit about what to watch for. I, I really liked the game. So. All right, dude. Well, you want to take a break? Yeah, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we've got some other fighting game stuff to talk about and some 5-5 topics. So, uh, guys, we will be right back. As soon as this works, come on. Uh, there we go. Okay. Hope everybody's been having a good time. Uh, streaming on the corner. At the, uh, it's at the very top of the screen there. Uh, you can check it out. This is Akito Loves Music, a SoCal fighting game player. Uh, I got to meet him at... Uh, the Grand Blue Fantasy versus launch event. He plays a lot of fighting games, obviously. And uh, you can check out his SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Akito Loves Music 2. You can also check him out on Twitter at Akito Loves Music. It's all on the top right there at the very above all the slides. You can get all the information right there. You know, Broken Tear, I still use your first attack logo. I, on all my first attack stuff, I still use your, my, that logo, dude. So, uh, I may actually need your help with some fancying up logos in the future. But uh, I know that you've also been playing the game a lot and you've been thinking about the game a lot. Them's fighting herds, Kugi. So, you know, another testament out there for people on how fun the game is and everything. Hey, thanks for the sub again, Richie Kukunski. Uh We don't know if we're going to be commentating EVO online. I don't know if you already addressed that, James, but... Uh, we'll see. Hope so. Be cool. All right, dude, you want to begin? Yeah, let's do this. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday show. Let's move on to the next topics that we have over here. And we're going to be doing some 5-5 matchup. All right, all right. Let's get some discussion going. Before we get to the viewer questions this week, we had one that we wanted to address. Uh, that, by the way, was part of the viewer questions, but we just wanted to talk about it, uh, so we're just gonna do that. Uh, <laughs> and that—that <laughs> that is, what do you think about what Sonic Fox says about the NRS scene? Uh, so, and, what did he say about the NRS scene? Refresh well, me that's on an this important one. question. So. Fox had a series of tweets where they talked about how essentially they kind of think that the NRS scene is a little lazy about stuff. So, <laughs> uh, to quote, this is the only community I genuinely feel don't push themselves to their absolute limit. 
Our game is not easy, so I don't expect other players from other games to win off-rip, but their mentality will take them much further than a lot of players if they come over here. Uh, I mean, buff your mentalities. Um, the tools the game hands me are what I will utilize my best to win. You either hit the lab and keep up with me or complain as you go 0-2 with uh, yada yada. <laughs> You know, basically calling out the scene a little bit and saying, take this as a wake-up call. Like, he wants them to get better. They want them to get better. Right. But, like, they don't really feel like they're there. Right. I, I mean, this kind of spawned from uh, them saying this kind of on the on their stream. They actually said, like, legit 99% of you players in the chat right now suck at this game, you know. And I had, I saw some people, I only got word of this because some people were calling them out. Like, this is not how, you, this is terrible as a top player yeah. and everything like that. And I just kind of read it. I was like, that's eh, probably kind of true. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, here's the thing, right? Obviously, MK9 NRS era, right, is when we had the tournament where Justin Flo, Markman, L.I. Joe got top four at that launch tournament and everything. And it was definitely, there was a lot of, you know, critiques of the NRS community that they're not particularly the strongest community. Flash forward to MK11. I don't think that's necessarily the truth, right? There's so many players out there who are super amazing at this game and clearly, you know, whatever game they touch, they would be very, very good, you know, outside of Sonic Fox, right? So Dragon, for example, was doing really well at Soul Calibur tournaments uh, when when he was playing Soul Calibur at first, you know. I, I can't even imagine that half of these other guys, like Combat and everybody else, if they... W found the time to dedicate themselves to other fighting games that they wouldn't be amazing at them but you know as a person that watches nrs all the time you know who's always watching these players how do you feel about you know what sonic fox is saying that the nrs scene is a little lazier than other scenes and such well to go back to the classic example of mk9 and and justin winning i would say that's really before there was like a strong MK scene. Yes, of to course. To be frank. Like, that's, mm -hmm. you know, those guys didn't win Evo, right? PL won Evo the first couple times. Like, it was... That was really beforehand, right? And then the NRS scene developed, uh, and it's been on sort of, in my opinion, an upper trajectory ever since oh, then. Yeah. Um, so, I would say that I think now there's a good cadre of players there who are strong, and would be strong if they were playing in other games as well, for sure. I think that in the immediate sort of impact of this is that Sonic Fox was calling everybody out and then got dunked by Ninja Killer in a $1,000 money match <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> 10 to 3. Okay. So, <laughs> now, Fox, Fox and, and Ninja Killer have, like, had a little back and forth. They had a little bit of a back and forth throughout 2019. Uh, mm -hmm. which was the first year that Ninja Killer was, like, coming out and competing. Uh, and, but but and, and to, to, interrupt, guy, I... to interrupt for a second, they train yeah. with each other, though, right? So, or or is Ninja Killer considered more like a direct rival that they don't train with each other? I don't know what they do. I've seen them play on stream a bunch. I don't know okay. how often they okay. do that, but I've definitely seen it before. Okay. Uh, so they, they definitely play. I, what, what I was going to say is that I don't think that Ninja Killer is who Sonic Fox was talking about mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when Sonic Fox said that that stuff. So it's it's like kind of it's like kind of karmically funny for Fox to call everybody out and then to get dunked like the week <laughs> after. Uh, that's hilarious. But I also don't think that they were talking about 
Ninja Killer right. in the first place. You know, the um, names that I mentioned, like Dragon and stuff, they're part of the 1% that Sonic yeah, Fox yeah. is not including in the 99 Yes, yeah, for sure. For sure. But, uh, so, yeah, look, I think I think it's right. I mean, I think that there's... I, I, every time I'm on commentary and somebody does a command grab after hitting the opponent, I just can't help myself from pointing out uh, that there's a way that you can just... <laughs> Select the right option, you might say, so that your command grab will only come out on block. And just nobody does it. I'm right. the only one who does it. All right? I don't I don't understand how that could possibly be true. But it, it is. So I think there's like very clear things that the scene could be doing that it's just like quite obvious. Yeah. I mean people are picking up option sucks in some ways, so one of the patches that came out uh, a little while ago now made it so that you can't cancel out of jump kicks on block, but you can on hit. Oh. So now you can option select a jump in kick, and if it hits, you can follow up with, like, Fatal Blow. Is that, is that, a, blocked, uni- is that a universal change? Yeah. Whoa. So you can, you can now option select on hit out of a jump kick, and people do that. Okay, okay. So, so people, people are, are doing it a bit, but, like, boy, there's really a lot more that they could be doing, right. for sure. I mean, sure. it's 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 just an interesting situation because you know one of the things that Sonic Fox was saying is that you know people just want things nerfed or buffed or uh, you know etc. And you know it's funny because like you know it's it's something that you know again we see this in every scene, but you know in the NRS you know I saw a bunch of people complaining that the anti-air normals were too good, and then I also saw people complaining that jump three or jump four was too strong. You know, which I, is- look, I don't even know what to tell you. Like there's. <laughs> I would say every scene has people who who do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. See that, that's you see that in every I, scene. So I I I just want to preface this by saying this is not exclusively an NRS scene. Yeah. Because okay. I I mentioned that we see this all the time because there was also the I I want more defensive options in Street Fighter Five, but I don't want invincible dragon punches. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. same kind of situation, right? So yeah. But yeah, it's very it's very common, and I get tagged all the time by people who are just like, hey, you know, I think it's stupid that, like, can you believe that this hitbox interacts with that hurtbox in this way? And, you know, it's just, it's like baby complaints <laughs> that I just don't want to even hear. Right. I can't imagine how much of those the actual developers themselves must get. It must just be so constant. Right. Uh, but in any case, yeah, I mean, there certainly is complaining in the scene like there like there is in, in many scenes. And I think, unfortunately, that there is maybe a bit more in the NRS scene and I think it'd be very interesting to know why that is. I would mm-hmm. theorize that that's just sort of like a, a community. It has been a feature of the scene since Test Your Might days. And maybe the fact that sometimes the developers nerfed characters after a bunch of complaints maybe sort of fed that idea that, like, we should be doing, we should be complaining because there mm-hmm. are changes that will come as a result. I, maybe that had an impact as well. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is. But I do think it's true that there is... Again, with the caveat that every scene does have complaints, I do think NRS scene maybe has the most, at least of, among the ones that, that I follow closely. So rather than say that, okay, wow, it turns out that if, you, you know, if you're if you trying to do a jump and punch, but you do it a little bit too early and you don't get the cross-up version, and the other opponent did like, they thought you were going to dash in, so they did like their back one or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe like your legs will interact in a weird way as <laughs> you know, you're jumping in with their normal that's now in front maybe but the lesson from that is not like wow they got to change these hurt boxes it's well just don't do that right like, yeah yeah i mean just 
a different you you should have just done a different thing in the first place right i mean just as kind of a plug to our patreon stuff you know uh the article that i just wrote that's currently only available on our patreon uh blog to subscribers and stuff you know one of the biggest keys for me recently, you know, everybody knows that I've been trying to get to Diamond Ranked and Street Fighter V. For a long time, I was stuck in gold for a really long time, and I was losing a bunch, and I was really upset with myself. And one of the things I wrote in the article that I just put up was one of the biggest keys to my advancement was, you know, I really sat there, and this happened literally on stream because I was like, I'm terrible because I was losing. And I, and I just asked myself the question, why do I think I deserve to not be in gold? Why do I feel like mm -hmm. I deserve to be higher than gold? I don't play the game. I don't study the game. And I don't study my matchups, you know. I, obviously, I study the game for commentary, but, like, I don't, like, you know, approach it like, oh, okay, in this matchup, how do I counter this? What's my optimal punish for this, you know, kind of situation? And, uh... It was really kind of when I just looked at it and I was like, you know what? I'm exactly at the rank that I'm supposed to be at. Mm -hmm. Like, this is literally where I'm supposed to be. And that's one of the hardest things for a lot of people to accept when they play fighting games, you know? And so what I do like about what Sonic Fox said, you know, one, I do feel like that that's a good way to light the fire under a yeah. community's ass, right? Like, you know what? Step up your game. But then the yeah. other thing that they said that I think was really important was that they said, look, this game is hard. You yeah. have to put in the work, you know, and as much as everybody wants to sit there and talk about how Mortal Kombat 11 is like, oh, it's like an easier game than previous ones. Or, I mean, it's not even true because in the other games, if you just had your mix ups down, you could just kind of steamroll someone and get a win from, you know, every once in a while. But this game, you don't really get as much. And this game is so much more detailed on like knowing strings and frame data and everything like that. And so I'm glad that Sonic Fox, you know, Put that out there. This game is hard. You have to study in order to be one of the best players. And the third thing that they said was, look, I'm using everything that the game is giving me. And you should too, right? Because that's always the thing. Yeah. Whenever you play a fighting game and Daigo is killing you with killing you with Ryu, when you pick Ryu, you're using the exact same Ryu that they're using. They don't have extra experience points. They don't have, you know, special buffs or anything like that. They have the exact same character that you're using. And it's one of those things that you have to understand about fighting games. If someone else can do it, you can do it too. <laughs> Again, I, I just want to point out that I, I, while I do think the NRS scene has maybe more complainers than most, it's something that happens in every scene. I don't think it's like a lot more in any case. But I do, I do agree with Fox in general that I think that some players could be doing more. And so yeah. I think it's fine to call people out for that. I mean, if 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 some, like, nobody who had never had tournament success in the Mortal Kombat game said that, uh, then I, you know, I get why nobody listens to me and doesn't do option selects. Like, I, like I, I'm not going to light a fire under anybody's butt. Like, <laughs> who am I, really? I just, I play the game, but I'm not, like, out there, like, getting top eight yeah. or whatever. But Fox never got worse than second place all of last season and won a bunch of stuff, including the biggest thing. So In multiple games, by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, for sure, they're one of the best players uh, in, in fighting games, no doubt. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to have any... You, that's an unimpeachable position, right? 
<laughs> that fox is in where like you you just you can't say like oh well show us then if you're so good no it's like obviously right. fox is yeah ridiculous. and again you know uh, just to, just to it reiterate you know all the stuff that i was talking about you know about you know mentality and getting up that's a that's a message that i'm giving to everybody not just the nrs scene that's that's an overall yeah. uh, fgc kind of message that that i have so like a very common complaint in mk11 is that you can't meaty people that you can't stick buttons in the, into them as they're getting up <laughs> The only two games that I know of where when you were getting up, you didn't, uh, you couldn't do anything except for sit there that are 2D games are, pre- are Mortal Kombat 9 and Mortal Kombat X. That's it. Oh. So if you're. Was there, was there actually a mechanic in those games that made it so when you got up, you literally couldn't like jump away or something or? Yeah, you're in hit stun. Like, you know, you know, and, uh, NRS hit stun doesn't mean that like it's a link opportunity. Right, it yeah, means yeah, that yeah. you can't uh-huh. do anything except for block or tech a throw or flawless block, I guess, in this game. Um, yeah, you were stuck in that. I don't remember the different number of frames, but yeah, you were stuck in that for a bit. MK11 doesn't have that. So MK11 joins like every single 2D fighting game otherwise, Ooh. in the sense that you can move as you when you get up, right? That you're invincible until that that time and then you can do stuff. It's like every game other than the other two that, <laughs> that were Mortal Kombat games. Uh, Dude, so, I had no look, idea about that. Okay, yeah, okay, so, okay. So look, that's, there, this is a common complaint. I, common is, is overstating it, but it's a complaint that you hear sometimes right. from MK heads. That MK11 has, is, is like this, you can't do media text. Yes, you can. <sighs> it happens in every other fighting game. The thing is that in MK11, with, with roll back and forward... With uh, delay wake up, which you can do in a number of different timings, and with wake up attack, it's you know you, there's quite a mix up as to whether to do a media and what timing mm-hmm, it would be. Mm-hmm. But you can definitely do it. Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, again, you know, it's the same thing with Street Fighter Five Season One. Everyone's like, wake up jab is too good. You know, <laughs> like you can't media anybody. You know, it's practice. And- Part of why I'm really excited for the implication that there's going to be years of support for MK11 is that I, I'm really excited to see people play this game when it, it's, they're, like, maxing it out yeah. right? rather than... That's you always know, the, the, like, the. I, I mean, can't do immediate. At some point, you get past that. Like with SFI, like yeah. you get past that. Every game has done this, right? Dragon Ball, like everyone, the way that the game changed so much that the sparking comeback option is no longer the comeback option, and they had to add another comeback option to the game. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the way that the games develop and, and change over years is one of the most exciting parts. And yeah, absolutely, MK11 is just through its first year. And for the most part, the first year is usually the least accurate for obvious reasons, and things yep. are going to change a lot. So, yeah, this year for MK11, I think, is um, it's going to be pretty exciting because we're going to start seeing things shift a little bit, and, and people are going to yep. think about how they want to use the meter a little bit more. People may be trying to... I mean, the one hardest thing about MK11 is that it doesn't have the input buffer, so frame kills, those kind of things are a little bit harder to do uh, than in, say, for example, Street Fighter V, but, you know, people are probably going to try to find techniques where they can do frame kills for perfect meaty setups and, and, and things like that. Now, MK11 yeah, also allows stuff. you to stay on the ground a little bit longer, do wake-up attacks, kind of change the timing a little so it'll be a little bit tough to handle 
so. you, you can definitely do frame kill situations, but again, there's so many different wake up times the mm -hmm. opponent can do that that's that's really more what the mix up is. Yeah. In any case, yeah, we'll talk about later. There's going to be some new mechanic added to MK11. I don't oh, know cool. what that is, but okay. we'll okay. discuss that later on. Oh, wow. uh, all right. Mm, okay. Anyway, shouts to Fox. Uh, I hope that this does light fire under other people. Uh, but again, there's already a lot of really good players in the NRS scene. Right. All right. Let's move on to the viewer segment of 5-5 yes. matchup. What do we got? What do we got? Let me see. So we did the first one, which was, what do you think about Sonic Fox saying that NRS players are lazy? So we're, uh, we obviously already made that happen. Mm -hmm. Two, is there a fighting game or character that you love the look of, but just don't enjoy playing? If so, which? Three. How could we make fighting games more accessible for blind people? Hmm. Four, if you're a fan of a character who's a guest in a fighting game, but you don't like how they play in it, does that make you less of a fan of them? That was submitted by somebody who really likes Spawn, but doesn't seem to like how Spawn plays uh, in MP11. Okay. It's very similar to the number two question, actually. It is, yeah. Five, do you think the Gatling system was changed in Guilty Gear Strive to appeal more to Street Fighter players? Six, do you like characters who play by different rules than other characters in their games by having unique mechanics or systems? Seven, how do you know when it's time to put down a fighting game and move on to another? Mm. Do you have experience getting tired of or falling out of love with a fighting game? Eight, what's a fighting game from the 1990s you love that no one talks about anymore? And nine... Are games based on original IP like Skullgirls, Them's Fighting Herds, Fantasy Strike, etc., capable of becoming mainstream successes? Or is the advantage of established IPs like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, etc., just too strong? So the result is that that last one about the IP tied with how do you know when it's time to put down a fighting game and move on to another? Oh, okay. Interesting. So do you want to do, how do you know when it's time to put down a fighting game and move on to another? Yeah. Because I think all of us have experience with getting tired of or falling out of love with a fighting game. It's certainly happened to me before. Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's happened to me with the game that I currently think is my favorite fighting game. Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. Uh-huh. I went through a period of, of hating. I really didn't like it for a while. Starting in about 2008, I would say, maybe even 07. I started to, maybe it was 08 or 09. Anyway, it was around that time. I fell out of love with it, and the reason I think in retrospect was that I was playing such a tough character to win with. <laughs> I was playing Q, who was not a great character. If, you know, it turns out that I think I was not maximizing, I was not maximizing for sure what the character could do. But it's tough to win with him regardless, even if you're maximizing him. And I think that I just, it just got frustrating. <laughs> that I didn't have the same tools that other people had. Mm. And I think I just got tired of it, to be frank. I think that's just I think that's what made me give up the game for a while. Now, in the moment, I didn't couch it in those terms. I didn't say to myself, I don't like losing, so I'm going to stop playing this game. I didn't, I didn't say it to myself. That's only me sort of now analyzing what I think I was actually thinking at that time. Instead, at that time, I phrased it more like, oh, I'm so sick of the parry. Like, I'm so sick of having to guess constantly. Yep. But 
the reason I had to guess so constantly, the reason the parry was so oppressive for me, is that my character sucked at those things. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I think I think that it just got it just wore on me, yeah. being unable to feel like I could. I, f- I felt subjectively like I wasn't an idiot. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yet I almost never won. And then I briefly did switch to Chun-Li, the best character in the game, and I made top eight in a month, and I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> and, that, and in fact, it was me switching for that month and making top eight at Family Fun that like was the nail in the coffin for a few right. years. And it wasn't until the... 25th anniversary tournaments which came by a few years later that I had to sort of relearn it for commentary purposes and then I was like wow I missed this game this game's a blast so uh, yes I have had that experience I now love Marvel 3 I hated it for a while I think for probably similar reasons like I I felt like I couldn't control the craziness Uh, I felt that I that there wasn't enough uh, neutral game and strategy in it and I think, looking back, I just wasn't great at the game, and I wasn't using a very good team. And so the the problems of the game are highlighted when you're using characters that have more problems than the rest do. And Dude, I you, think that you... I put myself into that position a couple of times, and, and that I, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think that wasn't good for me. Do you see this image that's linked in the chat over here? Whoops, hang on a second. I'm going to try to get this up here. Uh, I see me phasing out of existence. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm going to be doing some crazy things here, but uh, I'll put this image up just for people. So I in Marvel 3 Vanilla, I played a good team. I played She-Hulk, Spencer, Doom. That was definitely good. And then in Ultimate Marvel 3, uh, after She-Hulk got nerfed, I switched and I was playing <laughs> Hulk, Hagar, Thor. So I was basically playing Team KBR or Team Jan. Right. But with a worse assist and worse anchor, right? So So here's here's this little image that they put up here. I don't know if you see What do you this got one. here? Ultra David's What in the world descriptive tier list? All right. 7 years. Oh my god, this is hilarious. 7 years as Q, 3 times in top 8. Yeah, that's right. 1 month as Chun-Li. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, that's hilarious. <laughs> Who made this? I don't know who made this. <laughs> Tell me who made this. That's so great. Oh, man. Whoops. Ah, okay, I've accidentally... It is true, though. I've accidentally that was my experience. David Inception. Hang on a second. Uh, you know, it's so funny. I've discovered I actually need a third monitor because I can't do all this stuff with the two monitors that I have because nice. I have one that's capturing David and then I have to move the X split around and do all this stuff and it's kind of- I mean, of... you could just double me, that's okay. Nobody yeah. to complain. In conclusion, I think that if I had played better characters, uh, then I probably wouldn't have fallen out of love with those games. And I haven't made that mistake since then. I mean, for a while I was playing Dan in SF4 who was underrated, but still wasn't one of the best characters. But that was during a period of time when I didn't feel like I could compete because I wasn't I couldn't control my hands very well. Right. So it just was a sort of different sort of mindset. But whenever I felt like I could compete, yeah, I'm not trying to play bums anymore. Right. I mean, sure. the, the interesting thing about it though is the the funny thing about the the, the, the stories that you're telling though is that you kind of fell back in love with these games, right? And, yes, uh, I did. You know, so I mean, I think. With this question is for me the interpretation that I have is when do you find a game that you you kind of are just like you know what I need to just stop 
and not play this game anymore. And uh, honestly, it's just when you find out you aren't enjoying what the game is about anymore. Despite how many years you put into it, uh, the most recent game that that happened to me with, like in a serious fashion, like something like Dragon Ball, I just kind of gave up at because, uh, but that happened very early on because I just, I, the way that the game was playing just wasn't something that was gelling with me so much. But yeah. the, the most recent game that I literally fell in love with and I just made a hard call just to stop playing it was Street Fighter 4 actually was okay. during AE. I was playing at a tournament at Wednesday Night Fights. I got hit by an unblockable. This was before Ultra. I got hit by an unblockable by Alex Myers. And then Chris T hit me with a cross-up and landed in the front and hit me. And I was like, I'm not playing Street Fighter anymore. I'm playing Lab Fighter 4. You know, like, this is just like, there's nothing I can do about these situations. And it's and I was just like, you know what? I hate this. I, I don't enjoy this. I don't want mm. to play this at all. And like, honestly, and those are the two matches I lost in that tournament. And I, I felt like I lost for reasons that I could. I'm not going to say there were illegitimate reasons. I'm not going to say that they were wrong reasons. It were just reasons that didn't gel with me. That mm. I was like, you know what? I don't want to take the time to learn all these things. You know, this, this is not the kind of thing that I want to do. I, God, if you miss Salty Chen, you need to watch my stream more often, Ken and Red, because it's there every week. <laughs> Salty James is there every week. Um, but, um, and it's just, you know, at that point in time, I just made the conscious decision to just put the game down, you know, because, it, and again, it should never have anything to do with the size of the community that are playing with it, unless that's mm. important to you. Actually, I'll take that back, you know, because everyone's going to have different criteria, right? If having a large community is important to you, then that'll be a factor. But, you know, because having a smaller community might mean you have less fun with the game. Again, these games are all about fun. It's all about fun, yeah. right? And that's the most important thing. So as salty as I get while I play Street Fighter Five, I'm still enjoying the game because there's no point where I feel like, except when I'm fighting Cammy with Lucia, but there's no point in time where I feel like it's a completely kind of like helpless situation and that, you know, like, you know, I don't want to do this kind of thing. Like, I do. I, wa I want to excel. I want to get stronger at the game despite the fact that I don't think the game was necessarily for my mindset but still there's mm -hmm. something about it that still works for me and gels with me it's really just about your enjoyment factor with it it's hard you know for me to talk about it because i don't put down anything because i still try to i want to play tekken soul caliber i want to play them fighting herds and i want to play killer i just tried killer instinct again recently you know and all this stuff and so like i'm inundating myself with too many fighting games right now and um Right now, for me, like the probably one of the major criteria is, can I play this game online? Because sure. if, if it wasn't, if that wasn't one of the criteria, then Undernight and Birth would be something I'd be playing like almost every day, right? But the online is just not good. And so I'm going to try Killer Instinct. I'm going to try a bunch of these other games uh, for the online. And so one of the reasons why I play Street Fighter the most is because the online, while not good, is still better than a lot of the delay-based netcode that we run into, yeah. you know? It is. It is. Yeah. So, again, like I said, Street Fighter Four just got to a point where I just didn't enjoy it anymore. 
And Street Fighter V is still at this point where, especially because I found the right character. Okay, when I, the reason yeah. why I stopped playing Street Fighter IV early on, and this kind of leads to some of the other questions up there. You know, I've been a Cammy loyalist my whole entire life. I love Cammy or whatever like that. But as I said, she's very boring, right? And it's not even necessarily boring in terms of there's nothing for her to do. If you enjoy the kind of, you know, making the op opponent suffer the way that Cammy does because you just don't know if she's going to poke or throw and all this stuff, you can find it enjoyable. But, you know, she's very one-track minded and I did not enjoy that factor. Then I found Lucia and it was just like, it was a whole world opened up to me. So a lot of the times it's dependent on the character. But, you know, you know it's time to put down a game where every time you think about playing it, you get annoyed or you just feel like it's a chore or you just don't want to do it anymore. You know, like for me, the reason why I still have this thing where I don't want to put down any of these games is because I still remember having fun with Tekken. I love Undernight mm -hmm. to death. Guilty Gear is still one of my favorite franchises, fighting game franchises of all time. Soul Calibur, I got to commentate it this last weekend. And every time I see it, I just remember how much I enjoyed and loved this game. You know, I, I still get excited when I think about all these games. And I don't get that when I think about Dragon Ball, for example, which is why Dragon Ball is one of the games that I've decided to put down, is when you get to that point where when you think about a game and you're not like lying there in bed and going, hmm, maybe I could do this. God, I can't wait to training mode. Oh, I really want to do this. Then that's kind of the time to put the game down. Now, don't conflate that with salt where you're just like, I fucking hate this game. Like, I I mean, someone linked me this great video of Artosis, uh, where basically it's just like a three-minute long video. It starts with him going like, I love StarCraft, it's the greatest game ever, and then three minutes of him being like, I fucking hate this game. I hate this game, mm -hmm. like, through all of his streams and stuff. Don't conflate that. Uh, like, when I'm sitting here and I'm not playing online with Street Fighter V, I still turn on the PlayStation 4 just to lab, just to test things in Street Fighter V because that drive is still there, you know? So, yeah. you know, you could be mad and just be like, I hate this game, I never want to touch this game again, but that's salt. So, you know, be careful about those two kind of uh, emotions, essentially. <laughs> I, I would say, as you mentioned, I think it's important to try out different characters because... Mm -hmm. I think yes. it's it's very common. Certainly happened to me. Happened to you. Happens to other people I've known as well. That you what you're what you're actually falling out of love with is the character mm -hmm. rather mm -hmm. than the game itself. Yeah. So maybe you're frustrated because your character doesn't do something that's good, or maybe you're bored because your character plays in a way that like you don't actually enjoy. <laughs> There's every game has a lot of different characters. Yeah. Every game has a lot of different ways to play based on the characters. Like, regardless of how similar they may seem, each character is different and is right. going to be doing different stuff. And that's, I think, a very common issue that people have yeah. where they conflate disliking how a character plays with how a game plays. Right. Because those can be two different things for sure. So consider trying out a different character before you give the game up. But then I also think that it's maybe important to think that you're not fully maybe you haven't like matured in what you view as a important or fun mm -hmm. thing in a fighting game yet yeah and i think that was the case for me in addition to playing characters that were bums and third strike <clears throat> and marvel 3 uh i think that i hadn't yet like 
matured in what I feel I could enjoy in a fighting game. Right. And it turns out that after having gone back to play more Third Strike and play more Marvel 3, that I I did enjoy managing the the zaniness of Marvel 3. And and I did enjoy the little mix-ups and the tech related to the parry. Yeah. Even if I haven't actually changed characters. I still play Q, although I don't play Third Strike very much anymore these days. But I, when I do, I still play Q. Right. It's just that I have sort of... I, I think differently about fighting games now mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what is fun than I did 10 years ago. That was 10 years ago that I that yeah. I quit that game. Uh, yeah. So, you know, leave, leave that possibility open for yourself. Right. That doesn't mean that you need to keep playing until you, like, have an epiphany about how, oh, fighting games actually can be this different thing that I like or don't like. But instead, like, maybe keep it in the back of your mind that if you do leave a game, maybe try it out another few years later. You know, go back to it and see, like, oh, maybe, maybe a different character at this point. Maybe I just have a different mindset myself at this point. <laughs> Maybe I've grown up a little bit, you know. Maybe I view things differently. Maybe it's time to try out the game again. I mean, I hate being that guy. And there's a reason why it's a cliche. And we've been doing it for since the beginning of time. But you'll understand when you get older. (laughs) You know, things change. Your mindset changes. Absolutely. Yeah, your brain changes. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, It's cool. One of the things I will say, though, I mean, even having said all that, there is the possibility that you don't find that character and the game just isn't for you. So to be fair, in Dragon Ball, I went through cast after cast. I went through a bunch of characters. I tried a bunch of characters and they all felt like uh, weaker versions of other characters that I had already played or more powerful versions of the other characters I tried. It felt like a game of have and have nots. And uh, obviously that's not how it turned out. And obviously the game is very different now. And that if I approached it again, I would see it very differently. But at this point in time, if I had decided to put one game away... I felt like I need to maintain that because there's just too many games that I want to play. So it's it's a time choice more than anything. So, oh, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think there's a lot of games that I would really enjoy playing, but I feel like I can only credibly learn and actively play two or three games at once. Yeah. And for me, those right now are Ki and SF5 yeah. and MK. <laughs> and when when the new stuff comes out in Mortal Kombat in a week. Uh, I'll probably give up SF5 and KI for a while, to be mm-hmm, honest. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll probably just want to be grinding on the new stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely that's a consideration as well. <laughs> I'm just learning one game right now and many learning like 10 others. That's, <laughs> that's mm. what I'm doing right now. Oh, man. All right. Anything else to say about this topic? Nope. Let's go on to the next one here, which also tied, I guess, which will... Yeah, we'll just have these two be the main ones, and then we can cherry yeah. pick one or two of the other ones for super quick answers. How's that? All right, you got it. So this other tied one is, are games based on original IP like Skullgirls, Them's Fighting Herds, Fantasy Strike, etc., capable of becoming mainstream successes? Or is the advantage of established IPs like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, etc., too strong? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I've been talking about this for quite some time. I do think that the established IPs are, I wouldn't say too strong, but they will always have an extreme advantage, 
right? Uh, again, it's one of those things that I've mentioned that people don't realize just how big Street Fighter got during the Street Fighter 2 period. I mean, Mortal Kombat, same thing. Both of those mm-hmm. games were so strong a part of the culture that, I, you know, I, I keep watching movies and someone keeps mentioning Street Fighter. I think I was watching a TV show recently and they mentioned Street Fighter 2 and they mentioned Street Fighter 2 and Shazam. They had a champion mm-hmm. edition cabinet in, in Captain Marvel. You know, it's like you can't escape Street Fighter, Street Fighter. You just can't escape it, and that will always give it the advantage. Because as soon as you bring back Chun Li and Blanca and you know Zangief, and someone's just going to be like, "Oh God, it's Zangief! I remember, I love this!" Right? So that's always going to be a big advantage. Now, having mm-hmm. said that, does that mean that the other games that have original IPs don't have a chance? No, they absolutely have a chance. It's just very very hard and you have to have the right circumstances to get it into uh that ability uh this is not even just a fighting game problem this is a video game problem overall whereas this is an uh, entertainment problem entertainment problem thank you thank you yeah so when uh the next uncharted comes out you know, if there is one, I don't know if the, if it's ended or whatever like that. But like, whenever a new franchise comes out, it's just it's always going to have that advantage. But I was also friends with people who were working on God of War one when nobody knew what God of War was, and God of War yeah. became one of those franchises after a while. Now right. Right. they also had the money, the backing, Sony. You know, all, they had all the advantages to help them with that. Uh, sure. But we see situations like Undernight Inbirth right now. You know, the community, what they've done for this game, gotten it into Evo. Now the battle director's sitting there playing Skullgirls and says, I want rollback code. You know, can Undernight Inbirth become one of the biggest fighting games? Absolutely, especially because that whole, you know, because we've discovered now that the U.S. loves anime, unlike 10 years ago where they were, like, terrified that, you know, they would change the cover and take Ranma one-half fighting game and turn it into street combat, which is the ugliest damn fighting game that you've ever seen in your entire life. You know, By the way, this is, um, like, 25 years ago, not 10 that years was, ago. That was, yeah, 20, 20, 25 years ago. But, you know, um, it's very possible. It can be done. Are you fighting uphill (laughs) absolutely and it's gonna be very tough i i have the optimism that it can be done but the uh realism that you are gonna have to work not even twice as hard not even five times as hard not even 10 times as hard maybe 50 times maybe 100 times harder to get it to the point where you have the same kind of advantages as Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat do right now or Smash Brothers for example it is not a fighting game problem this is right. this is a problem that uh, it, i mean even calling it an entertainment problem is is minimizing it it's just a feature of at least modern society, <laughs> there are political dynasties, right? There's a Kennedy in the Congress still. I mean, they're like, oh, probably always will be. Mm-hmm. We know the name. The, the name matters, right? When, when some new technology is created, whoever's the first mover in there has a huge advantage when it comes to the future as well. And you see remakes in Hollywood all the time. 
uh, it's not just a video game thing. There are big time sequels going on. There's a huge the the Marvel Cinematic Universe is basically an exercise in the fact that we don't want to make new IPs, right? <laughs> you're 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 banking on the fact that everybody knows what this is and that you know that they're going to come out and watch the movie because it's part of the universe, rather than creating spending the time to create all this new stuff. Now, that's again, that's not to say that you don't get new... You get new co- politicians, and you get new technologies, and you get new movie IPs. Sure. But there's a huge advantage to being a recognized name already. That's just a feature of life. Nostalgia... So I think that fighting games are the same thing. Yep, nostalgia is one hell of a drug. It is, it is. I mean, so it's possible in, in fighting games to, to get big. Um... Right. And, I don't and, know if it's possible to get bigger than Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat or Tekken or I mean I think there's probably like a few that like probably you can't maybe seems I, unlikely. The the thing about it is I mean like you said I mean studies and studies and all sorts of research have gone to back this up. I mean the biggest example is just commercials, right? putting commercials on TV are never designed to make you get up out of your chair and go buy the product. They just want you to hear the name all the time so that when you're sitting there and your sink clogs and you run to the store to go buy a, you know, a, a, a plumbing drainer, you go there and you go like, I've heard of Liquid Plumber. And so it feels more legitimate, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you see Liquid Plumber versus, you know, Drain Clean and you haven't seen Drain Clean before. You're like, this must be some generic, like they don't have the ability. So it's, it's all about that brain recognition familiarity kind of thing you know they create the nostalgia in your brain and that's how it all works and so new ips are always going to have trouble but if the new ip can then turn itself into the nostalgia drug and get that into your brain uh then it can get up to that point but can you surpass the the kings at the time it's very hard very hard all right, that sounds right. Okay. You want to answer anything else of these questions here? Uh, let's take a look here. I wanted to say one thing real quick about number three, which was okay. how can we make fighting games more accessible for blind people? Uh, the answer to that is ask a blind person. Uh, yes. I don't think either of us can say much. However, uh, I think it was Sven, uh, you know, blind Sven from U- uh-huh. from the EU who did talk about this one time and talk about the importance of audio in fighting games. Make sure that if it is in stereo that the character on one side comes through one ear louder than the other so they know what side they're on. Uh, Make sure the sound effects are distinct enough so that you can hear different versions of things or, you know, if you block this kind of thing or, you know, uh, that's really what it comes down to is you have to be very, very very keenly aware of the audio stuff and i think one of the games that it was him or whoever else was making this reference to talked about ki and how ki was really good about the sound effects and what side everybody was on and everything so uh uh they were really appreciative of that okay so cool all right well that's good enough for me okay uh anyone that you wanted to, 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 to just tag on real quick Whenever anybody asks me about games from the 90s, whether it's like, which games do you want to have a genie's wish that they would be good? Or like, which games do you love that nobody talks about? 
I think I always have the same two answers, which is uh, Fighter's Destiny and FX Fighter. <laughs> I, th- right. I think every time there's a question, I'm always like, yeah, one of those should be good. It's a very common question that we get, for sure. It is. Yeah. It is. All right, man, let's move on to some other news. Yeah, so uh, as you can see up there at the top, uh, shout outs, by the way, to my stream chat. So uh, one of the things that we had talked about for a while was having a beginner's tournament, uh, a tournament for beginners to play in. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work on this. I've been developing, uh, I've been working on Smash GG and doing a lot of research and tests and everything. Mm -hmm. I ran a quick four-man tournament uh, last week. Shout-outs to the four guys who came and played. And like I said, one of them said it was their first tournament ever, uh, which I thought was super cool. But uh, I'm ready to announce, uh, I called, uh, you know, uh, announce an official start for this uh, this Sunday, I'm planning to run the first one. I originally called it scrimmage because, you know, that's a sports term that's, you know, for like practice and everything. And then someone said, you should call it the sure you can tournament. And I was like, that's actually kind of genius. So now I've called it the sure you can scrimmage at All this right. point in time. So, uh, Keep an eye on my Twitter and on the Ultra Chen TV Twitter. I will be putting uh, information out there about registration, about signing up. I've been doing a lot of research into Reddit Street. I was going to do one last week, but I realized I was woefully unprepared as I was reading Reddit's Beginner's Guide. And so I've done a bunch of stuff like that. Um, it's going to be for Street Fighter V. Uh, there's a lot of information there that I will put public very soon about rules and all sorts of things like that. But the one thing that I do want to put up is I, I made a, a logo for it here. I'm actually very proud of my logo here just because the sure you can part, you know, I turned the N into the DP motion and uh, plus thumbs up I think is genius. <laughs> So, sure you can mode DP motion plus thumbs up is the sure you can. There you go. So, uh, this is the sure you can scrimmage uh, that I'm planning to do at some point. Uh, what we're plan? This is for beginners. So, in Street Fighter Five, the rule is going to be gold and under. I basically want to make it five thousand points, uh, five thousand LP and below. So, it's basically gold and under. Uh, it's for beginners and the. It's going to be a free-to-enter tournament, no prizes. It's just for you to get experience playing online. And the prize that I've determined that you will get is that, uh, David, and you will, as the winner of the tournament, get to choose between myself or David to fight against. And then after we play you, we will give you advice and tips on how we feel like you could on areas that you need to work on in your game essentially yeah. so that will basically be the thing it is us only for now however uh you know depending on if the net code get is proves to work out good or not we might have to even limit it to east coast west coast like a lot of events are doing uh, yeah and uh because we're just streaming it, you know, at some point in time, if this starts to go well and I get enough experience and when I'm running this, that it goes smooth, smoother or I get other people to help me run these events, uh, I might try to do a Latin America region, a Europe region, an Asian yeah, region kind of thing like that. And uh, we can do stuff like that because, like I said, as long as the players have good connections to each other, it doesn't matter if our stream view and everything like that is a little laggy and whatever like yeah, that. So, 
But uh, the goal is to try to start this at, um, this Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, so if you're East Coast, that'll be 6 p.m. If you're West Coast, you'll be 3 p.m. Hopefully, I mean, I don't expect too many people to sign up for this at first, but we'll see what happens. I've been surprised by things. Uh, but I think this should be super fun. And again, there are a lot of people who can smurf, right? Someone's asking, what if they're super gold uh, lose so they could get to gold? And I mean, if yeah. you're super gold and you lose on purpose to get to gold, that's fine. Whatever, right? You know, <laughs> but I mean, you can obviously create a smurf account, whatever. Look, there's no prize money. There's like, like what, what, what would be the point of that? You can grief it all you want. We have the discretion to ban anybody if we feel like you're trolling everybody and uh we'll just dq you come right on. away but yeah uh, for the most part i mean come on it's it's a good time let's just have fun and give people these opportunities to play in these environments learn to fight against other people that they mm -hmm. might run into again so now they have to have this mentality of the next time they run into them what can they do to adjust you know these kind of things that i want to build skills for for a lot of these players i think should be a lot of fun and you know if you do get out of gold then that's an even better reward than entering and winning our tournament because that means you have the capability of trying to get to, you know, platinum and such like that. So that's the idea right here. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. David and I will try to commentate it basically over, yep. you know, Discord and stuff like that. So it should be a lot of fun. And that way you'll also get your matches if you play on stream commentated by myself and David. So I think da -da -da. Cool. <laughs> All right, cool. Okay. And yeah. So as far as or anything else to say there? No, I was just about to say, uh, you know, we can also go through, you know, you can also see if someone has like a rookie account and then you go and look and, and all of a sudden, you know, you check their their other scores or like their casual match scores and it's like way the hell up there. You know, you can find ways to, 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 to notice these things like that. So there you go. Well, if David doesn't show up, then then I will bring J Jimmy C back to commentary for sure. So I don't okay. know. If, I don't know if you actually saw the, the test tournament that I did. I commentated no. with my friend Jimmy C. Ah, uh, but he was kind of an asshole. Jimmy. So I kind of... Yeah, he's a dick. Yeah, he was... He was kind of mean, so I would prefer yeah. to commentate with you over Jimmy C. But if David nice happens, guy, Ultra David. Yeah, Got it. if if uh, if uh, Ultra David is busy, then I will bring Jimmy C back to do commentary for sure. No, I'll I'll, I'll be there. I'm looking okay. forward to it. <laughs> All right, man. You want to move on to other news? Yes, game news and FGC news. Let's do this. All right. Well. We usually go in order of game news than community news, but I would say the CPT online is probably bigger news. Okay. So let's do that. Let's do community news. Sure. So the Capcom Pro Tour online is happening in 2020. Mm-hmm. And look, we didn't know whether there was going to be anything this year, right, for <laughs> CPT until Ono was like, heads up, everybody, there's going to be a thing. And then a couple of days later, it was the news that there's going to be Capcom Pro Tour online. Um, now, it's going to be all online. That's to be expected. Uh, at least the qualifications will be. So there are 18 regional tournaments. And those regions include North America East, North America West, Asia East, Asia Southeast, China, Australia, Central America, South America, Europe West, 
and then Europe, East, and Middle East mm -hmm. is one. Um, that starts on June 6th. It's coming up pretty soon now. The winner of each of these will automatically qualify for Capcom Cup, so that means there will be 18 online winners. In addition, you're going to have last year's champ come back, so that's IDOM. Mm -hmm. And then... One of the 31 players who qualified for Capcom Cup auto qualified last year uh, via points will get in by way of fan vote in addition. <laughs> fan vote okay. as well. To round it out at 20. So there will be 20 people in Capcom Cup. Uh, it's going to be a pools format after that. The uh, prize pool is 200k at a base amount. And the Capcom Cup itself is now scheduled to take place in the U.S. rather than France. Remember how it had been right, announced yeah, for Paris? Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Now it's going to be in the U.S. Now, are we going to be cool with being in an offline situation at the end of this year in the U.S.? I don't know. I mean, I kind of think that it should not be in the United States of America, the dumbest country in the world when it comes to COVID-19. <laughs> but that's what they've said. So, uh, you know, I guess we'll see how that works right. out. It's scheduled to be I mean, at the end of this year. Honestly, point. they probably can't spend a lot on it, so it's either going to be that or Japan, you know, or something like that. But, ugh, man. Okay, Brazil's not doing well either. But anyway, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of dummies out there, and unfortunately we're among them. Um, so I, I, I like it. It's good to have the online tournaments. And although SF5 isn't as good as it could be online... It is true what you said before, that it's better than some games, at least. Mm -hmm. I'd love it if they improved it more. And poor Ultimore Patch. Poor Ultimore Patch. But still, it, it's good that there's at least these regions in general. Now, some of them are like a little maybe over-expansive. Like, the NA West includes Hawaii to Manitoba. Which, I would just guesstimate, is like 4,000 miles. Right. I don't know. I haven't done the math on that. But, like, it's going to be really far away mm -hmm. maybe further than that actually not now that i think about it because it's a six hour flight from where we live in la uh to to go to hawaii uh, maybe it's more anyway that's going to be a bad connection for sure and then when it comes to europe east and the middle east Ugh. i mean that too is like a gigantic geographic region so some of these things could have been done a little bit differently and i don't really know why the middle east isn't its own thing I mean, there have been players from the Middle East who's done well in Capcom Cup a few times at this point. And I feel like they deserve that. So I think that's a little weird. Yeah, I would about, also love it The worst thing about if, that is that means Logan and, and F-Word are still going to be able to claim Big Bird and, and Angry Bird all day as Europe. Oh, but they're Europe West. Which, you know, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Europe, Europe West <laughs> is such a small region comparatively. I, any, whatever. Uh, uh... I would love it if there was an Africa thing. You would need probably like a couple of different regions of Africa because it's it's so large. But right. I, it's a bummer to me that there's not. I don't. You have every every place in the world is represented except for except for Africa. Which is, it uh, doesn't make any sense. It's so unfair. It's so unfair. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so too. I'd I'd really like there to be that. Yeah, it's a little curious that China has its own when there's an Asia East and when there's a Southeast Asia. But China's gigantic. I mean, it's a huge, huge country. Yeah, I mean, are they, I, I wonder how they're going to do location kind of verification, you know. Does that mean China can enter Asia East, you know, or 
how that's going to uh, work. That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious about that part. But obviously the, 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 the regions are a little bit, you know, suspect and everything like that. But, but Australia is fine. Australia is a continent and it's really far away from everybody else. So right. that, I'm not bothered about that one. Yeah. I just wish that there was also at least one Africa region. I think that's yeah, my... Absolutely. that That and the... I think Europe and Middle East should be separate. I'd say those I mean, are my two. It would have made more sense to have a South, uh, an Africa South and an Africa North plus Middle East. You know, like, I think that would actually almost work a little better, right? Or... I, yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe South Africa, maybe West Africa, maybe East... I mean, it's a huge continent. Right. So, anyway. Yeah. There's no... Uh, no way to, to, I mean, if you go from South Africa to like Egypt, I mean, I don't even know how many miles that is a direct, you know, direct uh, line there. But the question now is like 8,000 or something. Do you think that Capcom's going to try to still improve their net code? Or do you think that, that this is it? This, we're, what we're playing on is what we get. Oh yeah, I don't I don't expect changes before before this. Yeah. And if there are going to be changes, I don't I don't expect anything to be drastic for sure at this, right. at this point. When they've tried to make changes a couple of times both to the net code and then also to right. the matchmaking. Because and we, we... Uh, in my opinion the PC version is a little bit better, but also in my opinion the PS4 version, you know the PS4 version to me is so consistently terrible that the last time I tried to play it, I actually went into the PS4 settings to make sure that I wasn't accidentally on Wi-Fi because it's just so it's so off. It's just terrible. It's funny because that's all I play on, and uh, I get bad matches every once in a while, but I get mostly good matches. I, I oh, haven't, that's good. I haven't felt the same way I did back when I was first playing Street Fighter Five, where I would just curse the the the, the daylight, you know, uh, mm. every time I played. Uh, I definitely run into bad matchups here and there, and it drives me nuts. But for the most part, it's not terrible. Although there was one time where I got hit by something, and it started lagging. I got hit by a critical art. And then it started lagging really badly when it was, like, you know, doing things. And I realized as I was getting hit by the critical art, I was mashing on my joystick. And I was mm -hmm. like, wait, this causes delay. And I stopped, and then it smoothed up, and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> Exactly right. You know, I was listening to uh, RSF Radio, the uh -huh. podcast that Joe puts out, and he was talking about how, yeah, if you mash and you're sending a bunch of inputs and the game can slow down sometimes. Yeah. So one of the rules, of course, is that you can't intentionally cause slowdown or other issues like that. Mm -hmm. But when the game, when you're stunned, in order to mash out of stun, you have to mash. And that means that you're sending a ton of inputs to the opponent, and that can make their, their post-stun combo harder. Are you thereby intentionally causing lag for the right. opponent? Thereby making yourself disqualified from the tournament? <laughs> yeah, probably not, but like, it's just... That's why it please, always feels please like the online play. That's why it feels like every time you get someone stunned, they kick their la they kick their router to to make, mess up your combo because they're actually just doing this, you know. But I mean, exactly. like it's telling though. I mean, this is one thing that we didn't mention is that Street Fighter Five does have rollback netcode, and it wasn't put into that Evo Online thing. And you know, nope. that's a big statement from the Evo guys. And a very correct statement, in my opinion, to not include yeah. that and be like, hey, look, we're going to include good rollback netcode. We don't want you to make our rollback netcode look like garbage. 
kind of Indeed. thing. So, <sighs> yeah, it feels like that shouldn't happen. Correct. <laughs> it shouldn't be that if you try to match it, you cause that. You're right. But that's uh, the world we live in right now for Street Fighter, yeah. at least. So uh, that's the uh, news for CPT Online. Yeah. But uh, again, you again know, I'm happy that they are doing it. They really should improve the netcode, but that's not the esports side of Capcom's job. So at least the esports side of Capcom is doing something this year, and they're taking into account the fact that we can't be traveling. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that there's something happening. Yeah, I, I'm fine with that as well. Uh, and, you know, a lo- obviously a lot of people are trying to make this transition to, to make something work. And, uh, again, the thing that hurts the most for me as a fan of Street Fighter V is I keep saying this online. There are there's no bottom tier this season. There's just no bottom tier. The bottom yeah. tier is like eight to ten characters, and everybody's so good. The new V skills, the, the changes, like the, the the variety that we're getting now, the craziness from the characters. I was so excited to see tournament level play for this game in season five. You know, yeah, for sure. Even the Red Bull Kumite at the end of last year where we actually got to see was it Storm Kubo and the tire usage from Abigail mm, was so yeah. fun. And you know, we we're missing all of that now. And so for me, just as a fan to be able to see these kind of things, I'm super excited for that. So uh, I, I'm really excited. And yeah, obviously uh, Reddit Street Fighter is out there as well. But, you know, I'm talking about like I want to see what, you know, Dogra, Gachakun, Takauchi, do, do, do any of the, like Big Bird, do any of the top Rashids go with V-Skill too, you know, and, and this kind of thing like that. I, I really want to see those guys go at it. And, and I'm excited for that. Is, is Brian F going to use V-Skill too for Balrog and tournaments and everything's like that. So I'm excited for that. There has been a lot of good footage to watch. Yeah, I've been watching a bunch mm-hmm. of RSF and NLBC is still doing it. Salt Mine's been great. There's a lot of good leagues out there right now. Dude, I, feel, I, I was watching the, the 818 local on yep, Sevelay's stream. I was just watching Sevelay's stream as he was playing in there. And he won the tournament. He won the tournament. So, uh, Dang. Yeah, he beat Samurai. From losing Samurai Bra- and Stanley were in the eight one eight tournament. Yeah, uh huh. They both joined I the eight one eight tournament. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. from NorCal. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Stanley lost first round, and then he fought mm. his way all the way through. He took the John Choi route, and he ended up taking the tournament. It was super cool to watch, and uh, he ended up beating Samurai from losers bracket in grand finals. So good job to them and everything wow, like nice. that. So uh, a it was couple really of weeks cool. ago, I told I told this story. I was playing Dalsim online for a while uh-huh. and i ran into sevile and he smoked me yeah although and you know last... what i was talking to sevile and I, I this is not i'm not trying to make you feel bad or anything like that but like i i told him who my worst matchups are which are cami honda and boxer although i mm-hmm. did beat a honda on my stream just recently so mm-hmm. uh, i've been studying that matchup a lot but sevile said that uh boxer is definitely there but he also said dalsum is one of his hardest matchups to fight. so That's cool. In any yeah. case, he beat me with my Dalsum, and then I beat him with my Honda. Ah, <laughs> yes, okay. Because <laughs> that matchup does still suck. <laughs> I was just doing stuff that worked out. Yeah, it's such a uh, crap All right, matchup. anything else to say about CPT Online? Uh, nope. All right, well, let's talk about another thing. Mm-hmm. Killer Instinct Cup? I didn't hear Question about mark? this. What the you heck? didn't hear about this. No. Oh, okay. So Brandon Alexander, who, of course, organized 
the last Killer Instinct Cup, which at this point, I believe in 2017 was the last one, quite some time ago at this point, uh, he had a tweet that said, we are making moves to get you all an announcement within the next two to three weeks. All I can say right now is that we're back, and he has a picture of the Killer Instinct World Cup logo. That's so uh, cool. <laughs> so, I, I don't know exactly what this is. Presumably it's all online, right? But he said in a follow-up tweet in response to Keats, who asked, going online, uh, Brandon says, I'll fill you in shortly on the year-long journey I have planned for our game. Year-long journey. So, I, I mean, I'm very happy to hear about this. There's been such an upswell in KI recently. I've been playing it as well, but I'm not the only one. I know that there's been a lot of other people who have independently been playing it as well. Uh, and at the same time, there have been people who never stopped. Right? <laughs> I, I mean, there's there's still a legit strong scene online. Like they, they're grinding all the time. I had a stream where Tubaware was teaching me KI, so I I put it on the title. Tubaware teaches James KI. Keats jumps in the stream. He's like, "You commentated season two World Cup. How are you being taught KI right now?" Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, I haven't played it since season two. Okay, I'm a little out of touch now. So, but I mean, I no, still remember. It. I still remembered a lot of it. And when I got when I started messing with it, a lot of things were like, oh, that's right. This is how manuals worked. Oh, that's right. This is how this kind of stuff worked. And so I messed with it a little bit. I learned a bunch of Shin Hasako because uh, uh. I was told that she would be more my style than regular Hasako. And so uh, that makes sense to me. Shin Hasako is someone that I'm looking into. Agnos. And I had forgotten that when I first played the game, I was a Thunder user because I just wanted to be a grappler, right? So I thunder may go back into looking into Thunder again because I was I remember doing a lot of Thunder tech, but I'm I am in such a terrible situation right now when it comes to KI. I am basically kind of screwed because my okay. Xbox One KI joystick doesn't work anymore. And because we're in quarantine, I don't know how to get it fixed. I've changed the cable. It just doesn't get any power. It just doesn't huh. get any power. So I was learning all of my KI on a pad. <laughs> oh, no. And it okay. was the terrible Xbox One pad, which has the worst D-pad in the world, so I had to play on the analog stick. And then people were like, just get it on PC, right? Okay. So mm -hmm. I was like, that's a good idea. So I went to the Microsoft store because if you own it on Xbox One, it's cross-play, right? So I was like, cool. And I went there and I went to go download KI and I clicked install it now and the window opened up and it said there are no platforms that you can install it on. And I was like, what the hell? Like, it should be cross-play. Then, then I clicked on all that stuff and it says you must have Windows 10 and I was like, oh God. <laughs> it doesn't... Well, you know, you can just... You can just download Windows 10. I know. I have to. I have to upgrade my computer to Windows 10, which is gonna be a like. You don't need to pirate anything. You can just do it. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's just. It's going to be a process. You know what I mean? Because I. I'm gonna have to spend a weekend to back everything up and do all this other yeah, stuff and make enough, sure yeah. I don't lose everything. And yeah, because I am still on Windows 7. And not only that, but the Microsoft Store version of KI does not work with all the other joysticks. It only works with Xbox One sticks. Okay, uh, but it's also on Steam. It is also on Steam, but you can't play ranked versus everybody else. I'd have That's to true. pay for it. <laughs> and uh, 
there's a lot I have a lot of hurdles right now trying to get myself into back into this game so I'm gonna have to figure out a way to make this work at this point so uh, I could oh, joy yeah. to key I could joy to key to make a joystick work for uh, mm-hmm. ki uh, there's that uh, uh, option as well so mm-hmm. yeah and then of course once I get to Windows 10 it's funny because even at my job, I never installed Windows 10 on any of my sh- machines. I hated the boxes. Like, I just said, F you to the boxes. And uh, it was before Windows 10 really kind of put in all the ability to make it just like old Windows again. And so I if I install Windows 10, it's going to take me a while to acclimate myself with it and do all the things that I need to do to turn it into classic Windows. So, you know... It's crazy. All right, all right, all right. Let's move on. So, yeah, it's okay. going to be tough for me to get to that. <laughs> but I anyway, want to. Cups back. I want to. I ne- want to. Announcement within the next two to three weeks. We'll see what they're talking about there. Yeah. But that's uh, exciting news. So, let's uh, talk about some game news. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I had wanted to address them's fighting herds. I guess we did end up talking about it quite a bit. I just wanted to give my review, which is quite positive, but I think we made that pretty clear already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I enjoyed it a lot so far. Hey, I just and... wanted to say that I played yeah. it on my stream before it was announced for EVO Online, okay? So okay. I'm definitely... I did too, but that was like probably two years ago when it was early access. Right. Because I had backed the project. I, mean, I, I just there. streamed it recently, and that was All right, on well, I streamed it two years impetus. before that. I'm a them's fighting herds hipster, okay? I'm just... Well, I'm a super hipster then. I'm a I'm hipstery <laughs> than you are. <laughs> oh man! Well, we both got right. the glasses for it, so. <laughs> there you go. Oh no, I have a Star Wars shirt on. Bummer. Uh, hey, <laughs> Sam Show. Iroha is out. Yes. What's going on? Uh, I've heard good things about the character. I heard that she. Uh, it's interesting. She has a lot of very powerful tools. She has double jumps like Yashimaru, so she's going to have that extra mobility that makes Yashimaru very good. She's got parries. She's got all sorts of like really, really powerful tools, so it seems like, you know, like, oh my god, here comes another really top-tier character. However, she can't run like everybody else. She has a dash. She has like a short hoppy kind of dash. So everyone, you know, run throw is such an important tactic, etc. in Samurai Showdown. So her movement is going to be very limited. So right now what a lot of people are saying about her is that she seems like she's going to be a very strong character, but that interesting little twist on the movement on being basically the only character who can't run is going to be uh, very interesting for the for the character. So um, yeah, I haven't had a chance to mess with her personally. So this is all coming from Olaf, uh, you know, who obviously uh, plays a lot of Sam show and has a lot of experience sure. uh, with that. So uh, I haven't had a chance to mess with her directly yet myself. But this is the word that I've gotten from her is that she seems like she's going to be strong. And, you know, obviously, if you give a character with parries, then it really just is hi, am I going to be really smart and predicting things, you know, and, and, and blowing okay. things up. So it'll be really interesting to see uh, how she's going to play. So. All right, cool. Yeah, and yeah. In... like Six Machine said, uh, Olaf mentioned this too, is that if she ever gets her weapon, disar- if she ever gets disarmed, she's kind of screwed because everybody, when they're disarmed, they're running, pun- they're running attack. 
is usually a pretty decent move and knocks down so that they can knock right. down and pick up the weapon and she doesn't have any of that <laughs> so oh, uh you know she might despite how good she is if you can hit her with a weapon flipping technique it could harm her really badly she may have to consider bursting to save herself you know mm. all sorts of things like that so it's actually kind of neat that they're playing with that. One of our questions yeah. were, how, do you like it when a character has their own mechanic in a game and stuff like that? I love that shit. Okay. Agreed, like, agreed, agreed. That's agreed, one yeah. of my favorite. That's why I said, I talked to Mike Z about this, but I was like, dude, if, if I ever had the chance to create a Skullgirls character, I'd have one of two choices. One, he had one character that he said he wanted to make a crazy knife character, kind of like Spiral, and I would be like, yes! But the other one I've always wanted to do is make a character that all their punches are attacks and all their kicks are counters so that they can chain into counters. But because they have no kicks, then that means they trigger the infinite prevention system a lot more easily. But since they can chain into counters, (laughs) if you can predict when someone's going to burst, you can chain into a counter and then... That sounds cool restart the combo again against their bird. I thought that would have been kind of like a, a way to design a character to play with the system almost, you yeah, know? Yeah, it sounds cool. And I think that would have been fun. So I love that kind of thing. So, you know, if Aroha kind of ends up that way, I think that's cool. I think that's absolutely neat. I agree with that. Okay. So in Mortal Kombat 11, they showed off more friendships. Uh, they're <laughs> hilarious. Good choice they're on excellent. the music as well. <laughs> oh, the music is great. The music... So they used um, Smash Mouth. Why can't we be friends from Smash Mouth? Smash Mouth. And, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that is actually the perfect choice because Mortal Kombat is basically an old man's game in terms of the <laughs> development side of things. Like the competitive side is all young folks. Right. But uh-huh. the, all the guest characters are from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> And the music being from the 80s and 90s, or the 90s in this case, I think is exactly what it should be. Like, it's supposed to be a nostalgia trip for people who grew up playing this game with friendships. And yes, we're like 40 years old now. So, uh, there you go. (laughs) As a person who has made combo videos and things like that, I know whoever edited that video together when the lyric says, you know, drink my wine, and they got to show, uh, was it Sindel's uh, yeah, it friendship? Yeah, Sindel. Where she drinks wine. I was like, you know that guy was just so happy about that. Like, I It was a t- great trailer. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job with it. They did a really good they job. They really did it. a good job with it. And, and they're, they're funny, and Melina's in it. I can't believe they're trolling people with that. It's just, that was one of the best things what actually, a long. bunch of dicks talk <laughs> about a bunch of dicks i love it i, I absolutely love it that she's there p- playing patty cake with katana and in the story they hate each other but like all the friendships so far are basically like this character would never do that so let's make them do it it's right hilarious. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and that's what katana's doing so melina so they have a model for melina i guess or maybe they just have, maybe that's just Katana, but there's like a purple mask on her. Yeah, they just you know. changed her to purple color. Since you can't see her face, it's actually just Katana and you can't tell or yeah, something. Definitely plausible. <laughs> so that's very funny. And then they even tweeted on the account. They even tweeted, oh, I wish I had saved the tweet, but it was something like, uh, yes, Melina is in Mortal Kombat 11. 
no, she's not playable. Yo! <laughs> it was so great. Okay. They went right for the jugular. It was awesome. Now, now, did it get revealed? Are there conditions to do friendships? I don't know, man. I don't know. Cause, oh, Paco Stevens says we're not dicks? Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't believe that oh, after yeah. you told me about that tweet. So. <laughs> I think it's so funny, dude. But I was so like, happy about it. I, I want to uh, know... Oh, yeah, it, oh, so some people have already found out it is just Katana, maybe, that's just colored purple or something. <laughs> but, like, I just want to know, because, like I said, having it so that if there's no requirements and that you can do nothing but friendships all day would actually make me that much eager to go back and play some more MK11, because then I would just friendship everybody yes. for hearts... And all that stuff like yes. that. And that way, I don't have to watch Johnny Cage murder his daughter or, or right. you know, Cassie or, or, or uh, you know, Jackie brutalize her dad and stuff like that. <laughs> I agree with you on both points. Yeah, if I can do friendships every time, I will. But I don't know. So the other thing to talk about for MK11 is that there's going to be a combat cast tomorrow. They're going to mm. go over Fujin. There's also going to be some new mechanic that I don't know what it is, mm -hmm. but uh, I guess they'll be talking about that as well. And I don't know how they're going to do the combat cast. I'm a little curious because I don't think they're going to be there all together. Right, yeah. Right, they so can... I don't know well, the I mean, mechanics of how that's going to work out. I mean, but, yeah, anyway, watch for it tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific time. They can just ignore all social distancing rules like you do and just head over here to my place, right? I mean, we're here doing this podcast like this. So. Yeah, we have a particular relationship, though, don't we, James? Yeah, that's true. I mean, the, the amount of times we have physical contact with each other, we know we're not going to give each other any diseases or anything like that. So That's right. You know, exactly. So, But, I mean, do we? has there been any new mechanics announced at all? Or is this just, are, are we just completely in the dark right now with new mechanic? Nope, we're in the dark. Okay, okay, cool, cool. And we, we, both you and I are familiar about that too. So, uh, but being you know, in the dark, yeah, with yeah. each other at least. Anyways, um, that actually, that one is actually correct. <laughs> we slept in the same room. I can't even tell you how many times we've slept in the same room together. That's probably true. <laughs> that is true for sure. You it can't name that number. Absolutely Come on. true. It is absolutely true. Um. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm. Looking All right. So that's something to watch for tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Mm. In Dragon Ball Fighters, more Ultra Instinct Goku's been shown. Comes out May 22nd, just a few days from now. Yeah. Again. Uh, again, from what I've seen early on from people, they all seem to be saying that he definitely looks top tier. So. Uh, but, okay. you know, that's how, ex you know, uh, things that show off characters usually go because they'll show all the cool things that they can do. Of course. But, uh, Jesus, right. I don't know if you heard that meow just there. No. I mean, yeah, I did, because I'm oh, right here. Oh, God, you are meowing like crazy. Then the last game news is that Guilty Gear Strive has been delayed officially. Um, that makes sense. I think that's not a big surprise. Yeah, I mean, it's they... been delayed to, to change to early 2021 instead of late 2020. They said it was due to COVID and everything like that, but yeah, at the same time, you know, if obviously the COVID is absolutely a legitimate reason, but if at the same time, maybe they're like, shit, the feedback on this beta was not good. Maybe like, let's 
think about this a little bit more and so they can use this opportunity to do more stuff i think uh that's actually kind of cool too so could be for sure in any case 2021 and they certainly talked about covid all right uh there hey there were some tournaments to talk about how about that okay so the Colosseum has been an ongoing Mortal Kombat 11 series put on by Mr. Aquaman and the crew. And they've done a great job, and they had different commentators every week on it. Like, they really got a lot of the community involved. And as I said before, hundreds of people have been entering each week. Uh, they have had tremendous numbers for this stuff, 500 plus, pretty regularly. I think they averaged about that much, something like that, around mm -hmm. 500. So that's great. The finale finally took place. Oh, it was actually going down to a finale, huh? Yeah, man, and okay. the finale was this past weekend. And it was really good, super good matches there. So the winner was Kerbalicious. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Kerbalicious, second place Tweety, third place Splash, then Combat got fourth. Gur and Full Auto fifth. Titanium Tigers and Mighty and Just were seventh. So Kerbo is a Mortal Kombat 9 player who was a little on the later end of Mortal Kombat 9. And then, I mean, he like played a little bit of some of the other games, but he didn't take it super seriously, and you could tell. But he's, he has talent, definitely. And in MK11, he's been playing it a bunch. And, I, you know, he's had some good results, but never something like this. And, you know, since this game is legit online, I think this is a really legit result. Like, he, he blew up people in this tournament Dude, it wasn't like he was squeaking by like i saw that he got three o's i saw that round up. that perfect round that he got on tweety dude like mm -hmm. that was sick i'm trying yeah to no it was awesome yeah from? he played really really well and he and he played what he uses uh cabal usually mm -hmm. and that's a character that you don't see very often even though i think all of us think he's good where's where's kerbo from Where's he from? Oh, man, I actually don't remember offhand. Okay. That's a great question. Because I'm looking at his uh, tournament profile on uh, Smash, but I can't find a, uh, a location of where he's Yeah, playing. I feel bad for not remembering offhand. I okay. want to say New, New York, York, but I'm not People sure. Are, so someone in the... Is he New York after all? Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah, Look. Yeah. so shout, shout out to him. He played really, really well. And then, uh, as people are saying, there were these money matches last night. Was that just last night? I think it was. Where Ninja Killer beat Sonic Fox for a $1,000 money match. Uh-huh. But another money match was Tweety versus Kerbalicious, the rematch oh. of this event right here. Okay. For $1,000 as well. And Tweety won that. Okay. But it was close. I think it, I think it was It was like 10-8 or... Yeah, 10-8 is what it was. It was pretty close. Okay, okay. But really good matches. But a little bit of a moral victory for, uh, for Tweety, for sure. <laughs> well, I mean... Maybe more than more than moral because he got a thousand bucks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I mean, he would have gotten more if he had won the Coliseum. Well, I don't know. What was the prize for Coliseum? Yeah, actually, they had a good prize pool for that. It was all crowdfunded. Yeah, ended up being something like five thousand yeah. dollars in total. I saw ketchup and mustard had raised over three thousand dollars. So, for the for the event. So there you go. Cool. But yeah, definitely uh, got a little bit of that back then. <laughs> uh, again. Nice work, and congrats, and thank you to Aquaman and the crew that he works with for putting that stuff on. Is, that, is there new... It's a lot of work, and they were working on it before all this COVID stuff. Like, right. it's been in the works planning for a long time, and they pulled it off, and it was a really important thing, I think, for the scene to have something like that going on yeah. when there was nothing 
happening offline, right. especially in the wake of like not being announced for Evo. It just it felt like kind of like a downtime, I think, for a little bit in the right. MK scene. But I'm I'm really happy with how that and the, it, some of the streams that have been going on, some of the money matches that have been going on. I I feel pretty positive about the scene overall. Now, and that's a big. Does big he have why. any announcements in terms of the Coliseum Part Two or anything like that? Is he gonna keep yeah, it up? Yeah, he's he's. Uh, mentioned it. I don't think that there's been an official announcement of that, but okay. he's talked about maybe doing it with customs next time. Oh, dang. Okay, okay. Uh, we'll see. We'll Interesting. see. What if... You know what actually be a really sick way to do customs, actually? Is, uh... Let people submit customs and either run a tournament with that character only and those customs and whichever wins becomes the official custom that can be used for the tournament or have wait what or have people vote on that custom because like what if it was like instead of just making it so that everyone can just put in any custom that they wanted so you have a free-for-all make uh -huh. it so that one particular favorite custom gets in there either by vote or like i said like Everyone submits like, hey, here's all these Cabal customs, and then they can all play in a tournament, and the person who wins the Cabal-only tournament with all the different customs gets that custom to be the official one in the Coliseum. Wow. That I would be hilarious. That would, be, that would be so much work, but it would be funny. But then that would make it so that every character, you don't have to run, you know, it would be a new custom to add stuff to the flavor, but you don't have to be unprepared for whatever random thing that shows up, you know? I think what they've talked about actually doing is letting everything go, except for <laughs> Terminator's... I think it's called Terminate, where he can't block, but he has hyper armor. Oh, really? And he's just walking at you. And he's a, he's a mix-up character, so he can do command right. grab or low or overhead. And if he doesn't have to worry about being punished, he's a huge buttle. Because <laughs> right. you can damage him a little bit, but you can't combo him because he's got hyper armor during that time. Yeah, I mean, obviously, run, running the tournament version would take too long, so the voting version, I think, would also be kind of neat, too, also. Just having a bunch of different... Maybe voting for the top two placements will be legal or something like that, so... Yeah, Hero, um, I think you were watching it, right? Where there there was... Somebody did counterpick Terminate with Spawn. It was in that Facebook thing that was going on for a little while. Oh, really? Okay. But it was cool. Yeah, because Spawn has a thing where he breaks armor automatically. Oh. He just has a special move that just breaks armor. Oh, And so dang. it breaks breakaway armor or fatal blow armor, but it also breaks terminate armor. just breaks armor. That sucks. <laughs> so Terminator can't block, right? Hey, So look. he depends on armor, so Spawn just gets to do free back forward three. It's pretty if ridiculous. If the new mechanic that they introduce is armor breaker stuff... So that everybody, so that everybody has the ability. Because again, maybe they designed that for Terminator in ahead of time, knowing that there was this that could potentially show up, right? That armor breakers were potentially coming up. So it's definitely possible. You never know. Uh, another tournament to talk about was the Resurgence, which was a Killer Instinct Invitational. They had sixteen of the uh, best yes. players there. It was awesome. It was really, really good. I ended up watching all the way through of it in the archives. And I did some of that on stream because mm -hmm. the way that I watched it was like whenever I'm trying to learn a fighting game, which is where I have the stream open and then I have the frame data open and then I have a guide open yeah. and I'm trying to ask questions constantly. And it took me like a long time to watch all the way through, but I finally <laughs> did. And it was really fun. Hologram won it. He won it with Thunder. 
And yes. second place was Sonic Dolphin with Arbiter and a little bit of uh, Kim Woo yeah. as well. Really, really good matches all the way through. Extremely good. That was on LCD's channel, which is twitch.tv slash ITZLCD. Okay. It's LCD. Nice. Highly recommended. Extremely good tournament. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's actually what I've been doing with uh, Soul Calibur. Uh, uh, AO Boom had an exhibition a while ago and put on a bunch of matches and everything, and i just been watching that with the training mode there, with the characters, mm -hmm. and just, like, trying to... Every time I see something, I'm like, wait, how do you do that? And I try to figure out how to... And that's one of the hardest things about 3D games, I'll tell you, is that you'll see a move, and you're like, wait, how do I do that move? And it's really hard to figure out. <laughs> right, right. It's really hard to figure out, because especially because one move that I was looking for looked exactly like... Like, uh, it was like up B plus K or something like that, or up A or something like that. And I kept trying to do it, it wouldn't combo. And it turned out it's the exact same animation as back turned B. And I was like doing it, and I was like, oh, come on. It was crazy. But, uh, yeah. Uh, anything else you wanted to say about Resurgence? Uh, it's always cool to see guest character from the Half-Life universe Arbiter up there, as well as the character from the same universe Rom. Uh, I really enjoy the fact that they had guest characters in that game, especially after yeah. pulling them off so well. So yeah. shout-outs to Arbiter and to Thunder. Yeah, like really I said, good I'm definitely going to be trying to get back into Killer Instinct as soon as I can figure out the right way to play it. Uh, again, I'm just so mad that this joystick doesn't work. I mean... If I, I've tried two different cables to try to get this thing to work. If anybody has any other ideas on how I might be able to, or can I mail it in to somebody or something, you know? You social, can probably do that. Social distancing style that way. Get up, uh, get up Ducky or somebody, somebody who does repairs. Yeah, someone who can look at the board and just see if it's getting any power. If it's not getting any power, that means it's probably dead. But then, I don't know, like, what are you using to play on... What joystick are you using to play Killer Instinct on? Oh, you have your own stick. That's right. And that counts as an... This you, monstrosity right here. You have the Xbox One adapter ability to it, right? Uh, not exactly. Actually... Well, I, I mean, the board, a... that you, the board that you have works on all of the platforms, right? Correct. So, and I might even be able to solve my problem with a Brook adapter. That might be the easiest way for me to do it. Just get a uh, PS4 to Xbox One converter Brook adapter. Mm -hmm. That might actually be the easiest way to do that. So, I'll just look into that. I'll just look into that. Actually, 360 sticks work. I of, would of think so. Of course. I, don't know. I have like 900 360 sticks. All Jesus, right. okay, Let's... yeah, then All I right. have no problem. I have no problem. There you go. So you also wanted to talk about the Bud Light Beer League? Yes, the Bud Light Beer League for Soul Calibur VI. Uh, they're doing uh, a few weeks of events where you can play and the winners amass points for Grand Finals on July 10th. I actually got to commentate uh, the first week for the West Qualifiers. Uh, which was super fun because uh, I got to commentate Soul Calibur with Mark Mann at Evo Japan, and then I got to do it again mm -hmm. here at this event. It was really fun, um, dude. Uh, again, 
the game is so fun, dude. Like, the game is really cool. And every time I watch it, it's really enjoyable. There's a lot of those great moments in there where just stuff happens and you're like, oh, my God. Dude, uh, there was one point where one player, Ben with V's, was using Yoshimitsu. And, like, um, one of his opponents was trying to sidewalk around his attack. And he actually did the suicide move. And the guy sidewalked all the way to the other side and got stabbed by the suicide. And it was like the most amazing genius call out. I was like, I, I lost it on stream, dude. It's so great. Shout outs to Mr. Aquaman, by the way, as well. Because I've said that anytime something happens and you forget English as a commentator is like a great moment for a commentator. Like, I love those right. moments, you know? I, I love those <laughs> moments. Uh, but again... A uh, lot of fun, great stuff, and uh, Zefukai ended up winning that one. Dominated. Like, he basically didn't have a challenge. He, he just destroyed everybody that he fought against. Uh, Arctic Komodo got second place with some strong Taki play, which is exciting because Taki has always said to have been kind of weak in Season 1, and we had okay. two Takis in uh, Top 3, actually, because Tomahawk also played Taki as well. Uh, is this uh is this SoCal Tommy? Uh yes, I think so. Yeah, uh huh. And he's also going to be doing so some uh, commentary at some point in time as well. Oh, good uh, work. for cool. the event as well. So Tommy, yeah, SoCal Tommy. And then um, in fact, the only person he lost to was Arctic Komodo, which was the other Taki player. Uh, and then Sono Tedoka uh, got fourth place with Nightmare. Uh, ben with V's fifth place with um, uh, Yoshimitsu. Sultan with uh, Cervantes, so a lot of good players here. It was really, really cool. cool. It was it was a lot of fun, and and again, like I said, you know, back to that question that we had, you know, I just watch it again every time I watch Soul Calibur. I fall back in love with the game, you know, and uh, I did a bunch of studying before we got to uh, the event, you know, obviously because I want to make sure I know all the new uh, mechanics and everything like that. Yeah, and they've yeah. really done a great job with it. I mean, the reversal edges aren't unblockable on fully charge anymore. You can even reverse impact them. Yeah, they just did a lot of cool things. And I, I really love the way that the game has been tweaked. I've heard the balance is really strong now. So uh, I'm definitely, you know, it's one of those things that I swear if it had rollback netcode, even if it was not as good rollback netcode like Street Fighter V, I would definitely play it online a lot more. But... You know, I hear you. My experience, for example, with Tekken, where you know I get hit by Snake Edge and I have a famous Rage clip, and then I go play at SoCal Regionals, and 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 uh, Forwood is watching me, and I block like every Snake Edge and all these crazy things, and he was like, "Wow, your reaction's really good," and I was like, "I can't block any of these things online," you know, <laughs> like Dang, <laughs> it's just it's tough. And then, especially, oh, yeah. like, when I play Undernight and Bird, sorry, it's just, like, when I have to do a Nanase combo, there's one, her combo is tricky because you have to jump and hold H right away. And when I get used to the timing on online and then I go back to training mode, I can't land that combo at all. Like, mm, that's how feeling. different the timing is, and it drives me absolutely nuts. And so, like, yeah. I... The only reason why you haven't seen me play games like Tekken and Soul Calibur and Under Night and Birth recently is just because the online is just, it's so hard to deal with, so. Yep, same for me, my man. <sighs> well, that's it for news. Okay. And that's it for anything. Okay. 
Uh, I just wanted to mention that I'm still on my quest to get to Diamond. I'm right there right now. I would no. be in Diamond right now if it wasn't for Cammy. And trust me, the irony is not <laughs> lost upon me that that's the character that I've abandoned and turns yes, out to funny. basically destroy my character. Uh, I think that is probably one of the most helpless matchups I've felt in a long time. Probably mm. worse than even as much as I've complained about Honda. I think Cammy Lucia is just oh, terrible. Okay. I mean, the night, the first night I ran, to, I was trying to go from Ultra Platinum to Diamond. I ran into nine Cammies that night, and I ended up in the same place I started <laughs> in points. And if I didn't lose to eight of those nine Cammies, I would have gotten to Ultra Platinum just fine. And then okay. I got, the next time I played, I got to Ultra Platinum and then all the way a thousand points into Ultra Platinum because I didn't run into a single cami. And then nice. the next night I played, I didn't run into it. I still was like doing well. And then now I gained like a few points, but I lost to the same cami three times. And if I didn't lose to them, I'd probably be in Diamond right now. You know, if it wasn't for that character, I'm 100% getting gatekept by cami right now. And it's driving me nuts. Uh, that match sucks, dude. That match sucks. Oh, God. Oh. Hey, cool. Thanks for posting this in the chat, uh, Toshin. So, Street Fighter is putting out all of their April Fool's minigames until the end of the year. Oh, That's cool. awesome. They actually have been fun. I've liked them. Each, so, each year they come out with a little, like, basically Flash game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're fun. They've been clever little games, been fun to do. So go to game.capcom.com, and you can navigate over towards the Game Center, and then you'll get a chance to play the four different games that they have there. I've never played Pretty any cool. of them. Okay, I, I'm going to have to go in Oh, there. they're fun. I'm gonna yeah, I, I recommend this. Nice. <laughs> Cool, okay, okay, I'm going to mess with this. Um, All right, well, I've been continuing to play KI. It's been a lot of fun. I just picked up oh, no. TFH. That was a lot of fun. Sorry, I've destroyed David. There we go. Uh, no, oh, no, I died. No, no, the uh, thing with the... Yeah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> it's all been good. And I, I realized that I'd been only playing KI, and I hadn't played SF5 for, like, a couple of weeks. Uh -huh. And that when I had played... No, it's been a month, even... And when I had been playing SF5 before, it was with Dalsum, so it had been a while since I played any Honda. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to get back into it, and at first, it didn't go super well, but then it's been going pretty well. Okay, awesome, awesome. So, great story, David. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, anyway, things are good. It's funny, because I don't really have any Tepin announcements. I made it back to Champion again this season, but this was the first time that they've gone two months without new mechanics and patches and stuff like that. And uh, the meta has shifted drastically, but it's shifted sure. in a way that I really don't enjoy right now, which is just flying everything. And uh, and I... <laughs> like, the flight mechanic is it's just busted because there's just not enough in the game that deals with flying. And so it's just like, if you don't have a way to deal with flying, half of these things kill you. So uh, uh, they've been running into COVID situations as well, so they just haven't been able yep. to update the game and everything like that. I just need to sit down and create my own flying deck. I'm just lazy right now to do so. Uh, but, you know, hopefully, you know, next month, 
hopefully they'll come out with a new update or something like that or you know but what's fascinating about it it was the meta that was dominating everything the last month which everyone's like this thing is so broken you know is actually considered tier two now you know uh cool. because all the flying stuff has basically people have discovered how to blow it up with flying creatures you know and right it's, it, it's just like what you were saying about the MK11 thing, except NRS, but instead of two years, it was always two months in Teppen that it had always changed the mechanic and changed the, the meta. But this is the first time we've actually really gotten to live through that long without having something new come in. And, you know, again, just like everything else, it's fascinating to watch how the meta changes, you know, that, cool. that all of a sudden what was super good last time is only good now, but gets blown up by some of the stronger stuff. So it's actually really cool. Hey James, remember Noah, the kid, the Marvel Three player? Oh yeah, yeah, uh huh. He he. So I, I played him in Street Fighter Five. Yeah, I know, I know. So you were surprised by that. The thing about yes. it is, uh, I, he's one of my friends on Facebook. Friends, you know. Oh okay. And so I just I've seen updates from him from time to time. So I know he's been playing wow. fighting games and stuff like that. I know he's never stopped. Uh, he okay. also showed up on my test tournament day. And was like, can I enter? And I was like, shut up, Noah. You are definitely on, not dude. gold or yeah. lower. I was like, get <laughs> no. out of here. And then Broly Legs showed up. And he's like, can I enter? I can't use my feet. I can't use my hands. And I was All like, right. I have to ban someone who's crippled. I was like, come on, you know. And everyone Broly. kept joking that there was going to be the Kotaku article about me banning a cripple from my tournament and everything like that. So, you know. <laughs> Noah, 17 years old, so if you knew him as the 8-year-old Marvel player and now he's 17, consider yourself old. Yeah. No, but that's Take that, cool everybody that... else. I'm really glad he's still, he's kept up no, with it. was it. cool. I'm yeah, really he's, happy. Yeah, he's a good player and it was fun to, fun to play and fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Good good on him, by the way. And, I mean, looked like he had a pretty sick Mika as well, so. Yeah, he's a good Mika, for sure. Nice. All right, man. About to get out of here. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else. Is there an 818 local today? Oh, I was will check for week. you, but that's, I don't think so. That's where I was watching Sevele, so... Okay, so I have nothing... I won't be able to watch Sevele kill everybody with Lucia again, um, which makes me sad. <laughs> uh, let me see. Yeah, I don't think there is, dude. Okay, no worries. No they're, worries. Not, they're not mentioning it in the Discord, at least. Okay, okay. Alrighty then. Um, All right. Uh, I, I mean, I'll, one thing I will say about Lucia is I do think she's really, really good. I just don't think she's uh, top tier. So even if, as I said, that there's probably like a bottom eight or so, I don't even know if I would actually put her in that list, to be honest with you. Things with her are starting to make a lot more sense. She has a lot of shortcomings, but... Uh, she has the ability to be super aggressive in the corner and just murder people. There have been those rounds where I've murdered people in the corner and it just feels really, mm -hmm. really good. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, she still has a lot of shortcomings. If I wanted anything patched with this character, the only thing, the number one pick was just please make it so that people can't fall through my EXDP anymore. That's all. Because I actually just lost the match because of that. Because, you know, she kicked one way back and then the front... And the guy jumped at me, and I just did it, and it just she, they just fall right through, and then he crush countered me, and I died. And I was That's like, funny. come on, come on, man. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, her uh, showbiz asked me what makes her weak. 
Uh, it's really just about uh, her lack of range. They did a lot to make sure that a lot of her combos just won't work. And uh, I think she has trouble in the corner. I think when she gets cornered against someone who has better range, it's hard for her to get out because she doesn't have something like a Urian EX shoulder, which can push her herself out of the corner, be minus two and be safe. Uh, so she's kind of stuck. She doesn't have any like free ways to get out of that situation because everything she has is like minus six or worse, you know, so it's kind of tough for her to get out of those situations. And she has a lot of trouble with the mid-range. So that space that Honda dominates, you know, the post-headbutt space where you can hand-slap and she has problems because she can't touch you, that's also the range that Cami dominates, which is why she can't beat Cami. Um, that's her biggest weakness. If you get in the corner and you can't back off to build the space, then she dies. But if she has a bunch of screen in the mid-screen or gets you in the corner, she is very strong and very potent. So that's just basically what it is. So, <clears throat> All right, man. Well, let's burn them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and yes, uh, even though I put Lucia in my bottom five list on that one stream that I did, I did it because... I said I was biased and I felt bad putting every other character into that list. So I just put her there for that reason. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, y'all. Thanks for hanging out. Oh, people in the chat can hear this cat meowing. I can't hear. Which which cat? It's Nathan.